I hate using this. But she will. All right. Good morning. Today's June 13th, and we'd like to get our meeting call to order. I'd like to have the Pledge of Allegiance led by Commissioner Nan Rich. of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It is customary in our chambers that we recognize a moment of silence for those men and women who serve us both here and abroad in our military. Commissioners, do you have anyone that you would like to remember or recognize this week? I always look at you. Commissioner Lamar. Yeah, I've, been, I've been out for a couple of weeks, so I have 13. No, I'm kidding. I'm ki thank God I'm kidding. But uh, we did lose somebody in, uh, in Broward County whose last name you'll probably recognize in the real estate industry, Rita Balistrieri, the mother of uh, Joe and Jim Balistrieri and their sisters, um, passed away, uh, led a very long and full life, but uh, well, she'll be missed. Very uh, colorful figure in, in northeast Broward County, and uh, our thoughts are with their family. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. One year ago yesterday, 49 people were killed at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando in the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. Uh, the Pulse nightclub was a popular LGBT place, club, uh, a space where people could feel comfortable being themselves without fear of being judged or persecuted. Uh, that sense of safety was horribly shattered when a gunman opened fire at 2 a.m. on June 12th. Yesterday, people across the country gathered in their communities to remember those who were killed in this attack. The common thread and the theme that united the memorials was not to dwell on the hate that motivated the attack, but instead as an inspiration to share love and kindness. We send our condolences to the families of the victims. With that, we'll have a moment of silence. <coughs> Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, I know you heard the music coming from the speakers. Vice Mayor Furr is responsible for that. He's he selected songs that all summer long by the Beach Boys and Boys of Summer by Don Henley. So before we get started with our agenda, I have a couple of presentations that I would like to make. The first in Broward County, we have a large population of veterans that have served our country well and who have returned home to us thankfully. And it is at times like this that we should um, honor and acknowledge those who are with us and who have served uh, bravely. And in our chambers today, we have a veteran, Mr. Marvin Price with us. And I would like to invite him and whomever he would love to have at the podium with him to present a proclamation for his service during the Vietnam War. Could you please come forward?
So this proclamation is requested because not only has he served our country, but he's done some amazing and incredible things in the city of West Park. And so I'll read this proclamation states, whereas Mr. Marvin Price is married to Miss Betty Price and they have two adult children, Leticia and Brian Price of Atlanta, Georgia, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price has retired from the United States Postal Service after 38 years, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price is a veteran, United States Air Force, having served during the Vietnam era, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price is a three-time past commander of the veterans of foreign wars post-1985, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price has been a resident of the Carver Ranches community in the city of West Park, Florida since 1974, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price has been president of the Carver Ranches High Park Community Association for more than 15 years, and whereas Mr. Marvin Price was very instrumental in the formation and incorporation of the city of West Park, Florida. And now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, June 13, 2017, as Marvin Price Appreciation Day in Broward County, Florida. Commissioners, can you please come down and take a photo? And while you come down for the photo, please come join us uh, here for the photo. We also know that, Mr. Price, with all your service, that you have keys to everything. But we wanted to give you one final key, and that is the key to the county. <laughs> Barbara, we're going to take a photo over here. Where's Monica? Is Monica here? Monica? Okay, got it. 
It's, it's time. You know, there are some privileges that we receive in terms of being mayor by awarding and recognizing people. And one of the greatest privileges is to always recognize the hard work of our Broward County staff, administration, and the employees that make us look so good. Recently, I was pleased to learn that the ICMA Career Excellence Award was going to be awarded to Bertha Watson Henry for 2017. <laughs> you know, I would like to call her down because I think that this is probably one of the most meaningful things that I've ever done as mayor. It's an opportunity to bring deserving attention to the success of our county administrator. Uh, Bertha Henry will be honored as an outstanding chief of local government administrator at the annual uh, meeting in the International City County Management Association on October the 25th of this year. Bertha, it is my honor to let you know that you are the 2017 recipient of the Mark E. Keene ICMA Career Excellence Award given to the nation's top local administrators. I'd like to also have Assistant County Administrator Monica Sapiro to join us at the podium. Please. Bertha, you can come now. <laughs> As you can tell from her face, she's very surprised. We made sure of that. Monica worked very hard to make this happen. This is an annual award recognizing the hard work of chief administrators and how they have enhanced the effectiveness of government officials and the creatives, and they create the success that they have achieved in their communities through hard work. According to the ICMA, only a handful of women have ever been awarded this coveted recognition. And Bertha, I'm proud to say that you are the first African-American woman to be given this award in the history of the ICMA. Yes. And Bertha, so that you won't strangle me later, the author of the award nomination is standing next to you, and I was happy to officially endorse you when Monica first approached me in February. Monica worked with colleagues to capture your leadership style and account for your most significant accomplishments and contributions. She noted your work with economic development, infrastructure investment, public safety improvements, award-winning community services and environmental stewardship, innovation and technology, employee development and overall leadership. The nomination recognized as one of the greatest strengths your ability to address political, legislative and community challenges in a positive, collaborative and beneficial way. Bertha, I know I represent my colleagues on dais when I say that you are truly deserving of this honor and I present to you the 2017 ICMA Award for Career Excellence. Congratulations.
Come on, team. You guys, you guys, you're supposed to be up here. Nice mayor. It's only fitting that I, um, that I first of all say thank you. I am truly surprised, and I'm not surprised often, but uh, I am surprised. As you all know, I can't, I can't do this without a really good team, and the team starts with those in my office, um, and the five, six thousand employees that we have. But more importantly, it's with you because I can't do what it is that I do if I don't have support from my bosses. And you have been nothing, nothing, nothing but supportive of, of me and what is, um, you know, what's day-to-day -day in this organization. And, and I do thank you. Um, I am humbly honored. But I will take care of those individuals that did this behind my back. <laughs> thank you. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, so we're going to move right along. Our next proclamation is going to our Broward Means Business recipient for Hollywood Eyes. Please come up. Dr. Barry Kay is the owner, and Miss Debbie Kay. Please come up and join me at the podium. Thank you. Proclamation reads, whereas Hollywood Eyes offers the finest eye care services in Broward County, located in downtown Hollywood for 19 years with six employees and Commissioner Furr? Second. No. Second. Come, uh, come on over here. Oh. Whereas, uh, as licensed optometrists, the doctors provide eye exams, preventative eye care, emergency treatment of eye infections and eye injuries, some of them have been my own, along with treatment of pink eye and dry eye and? Whereas Dr. Barry Kay has over 35 years experience as an optometrist, Optometri optometri optometric optometric. physician in South Florida. For many of those years, Dr. K served as chief of optometry in, busy, in a busy multi-doctor surgical practice where he specialized in advanced vision and medical eye care and? And whereas Dr. K also served as a clinical assistant professor for Nova Southeastern College of Optometry, he is a past president of the Broward County Optometric Association, oh, that, yeah, how do you say, say that? that word? I got it? Okay. okay, I got that. Uh, Optometric Association, it was selected as the Broward County Opto Optometrist, Optometrist of the Year in 1989. 
And whereas Dr. K's philosophy is to listen carefully to the patient to determine their special needs and identify the best solution to meet an individual's requirements and... And whereas Hollywood Eyes features the latest technology with its eye exams, such as fully integrated electronic records, computerized refraction, and an automated visual field testing and... Whereas Hollywood Eyes has been widely featured and recognized in various local publications, including but not limited to Channel 7 News, CBS Miami, Aventura Magazine, Miami Herald, and Boca Raton Magazine and... And whereas Dr. K served as president of the Greater Cha Hollywood Chamber of Commerce in 2006 and president of the Downtown Hollywood Business Association from 2003 to 2006. Now, now therefore, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of, of Broward, Broward County, Florida, Florida that, that the board the, hereby designates Tuesday, June 13, 2017 as Broward, Broward Means, Means Business Appreciation uh, Day for Hollywood Eyes in Broward, Broward County, County, Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work on that one. We'll have to work on that. I just want to say, uh, Dr. K has been a, a real voice of reason in, in downtown Hollywood. And any time in, in Hollywood we were trying to develop proposals, he was our go-to guy to kind of help smooth the waters. And, and you provided vision to the city of Hollywood, both progressive and corrected. So thank you. <laughs> Um, I, I want to thank the commissioners, uh, particularly Commissioner Furr for the nomination and, and you for recognizing me in this wonderful award. Um, I always say that uh, I believe our roles are similar. Um, our jobs are to improve the, the, the quality of life for the citizens of Broward County at their homes, school, where they work, and where they play. You have to have a vision. My job's to make it better. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, our next proclamation is for the 2017 Americans with Disabilities Act Month. George Ibachi, Chair of the Advisory Board for Individuals with Disabilities, please join me at the podium. You can all come. Everybody can come. Let's make this a family affair. All right, you got it. You've got it. The proclamation reads, whereas on July 26, 1990, President George H.W. Bush signed into law the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, to ensure the civil rights of persons with disabilities. Whereas the ADA established a clear and comprehensive national mandate for the elimination of discrimination against individuals with disabilities. And whereas the ADA has expanded opportunities for individuals with disabilities by reducing barriers changing perceptions, and increasing participation in community and life. And whereas Broward County is committed to promoting awareness of and adherence to this groundbreaking civil rights federal law in our community. And whereas on this 27th anniversary of the ADA, Broward County celebrates, recognizes, and reaffirms the principles of equality and inclusion created by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, 
that the board hereby designates the month of July 2017 as Americans with Disabilities Act Month in Broward County, Florida, and encourages all individuals to celebrate the month by demonstrating their commitment to promoting a culture that values and respects the civil rights and diversity of individuals with disabilities. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Mayor, Vice Mayor, County Commissioners, the Board of Individuals with Disabilities, thank you for recognizing the importance of the Americans with Disabilities Act passed by U.S. Congress and signed by President W. Bush on 27 years ago. Members of the Board of Individuals, Karen, Maida, John, Tom, Elaine, Fred, and Dolly, who are present here today, and myself, George Bakashi, appointed by county commissioners, have an extensive professional and personal experience in the advocacy of the needs of individuals with disabilities. The board meets six times a year and evaluates the challenges of county, Broward County individuals with disabilities and prepares a recommendation at each December. We'd like to thank you for the opportunity and we recommend that you continue the commitment for the individuals uh, with disabilities and we urge the commission to take our consideration seriously. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Our final proclama proclamation is for the PACE Program Appreciation Day. Commissioner Chip Lamarca, where are you? There you go. Okay. Can we please have Chris Scoville, Devish Nurmul, Rob Sindes, Rafael Perez, Kate Wiesner, Dr. Jennifer Harado, Please join us at the podium. Thank you, Mayor. You did awesome with those names, except for the one that worked here for three years, Kate Westner, from my office. Thank you, oh, it's Westner? Kate. Just Kate. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for, for being here. This, uh, this proclamation is for uh, recognition of our PACE program here in Broward County. Um, as everyone knows, I uh, have been a supporter of 
of this program and getting it right, getting it out in the, in the market. And just to give some at least numbers I have from one uh, particular company, they've done 3,800 projects since June 1 of last year for a cost, uh, an investment of $76 million out in the, in the market. Uh, and that's just one of the companies. So we're very proud of the program and uh, Dr. Harado for your work on this. Uh, so this proclamation, whereas the Broward County Board of County Commissioners has placed strong emphasis on the furtherance of diverse climate mitigation and adaptation strategies as fundamental to community liv livability and economic resilience. And whereas the board recognizes that the energy efficiency and expanded investment in renewable energy will be necessary to mitigate the causes of climate change and sea level rise while communities organize adaptive responses to impacts that are already underway. And whereas it is recognized that emissions are generated via commercial and residential energy use, and thus energy improvements and individual property owners will ultimately be fundamental to achieving these goals. And whereas Broward County launched the Broward PACE program on June 14, 2016, expanding access and affordability of energy efficiency, renewable energy, and resiliency, Improvements to property owners through private financing repaid through non-ad valorem special assessment. And whereas in its first year, Broward Pace has financed more than 1,691 properties, created new sustainable jobs, infused millions in economic development, and abated potentially over 1,771 tons of CO2. Whereas Broward has joined its Pace providers to promote Broward Pace and to continue to make it easy for property owners to invest in their future, and a healthier environment and reduce emissions while supporting the emerging green, emerging green technology industry. Whereas it is fitting and proper that the June 14th, date of June 14th be celebrated as Pace Day in Broward County, calling upon each citizen and business to be to use energy efficiently, pursue renewable energy and take ownership of their emissions and the community's resi resilience. It's also Flag Day, so pretty significant. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, the board hereby designates Wednesday, June 14th, as Pace Day in Broward County, signed by our mayor. And I want to ask uh, Dr. Harado if you'd like to come up and say anything. And uh, one of these proclamations is for you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner LaMarca and members of the board. I just want to acknowledge that this is a program that really took several years of collaboration and research in order to be able to develop a really uh, strong uh, initiative that could deliver a new uh, finance strategy for many uh, homeowners who are very inclined to invest in resiliency, uh, energy efficiency, and renewable energy if uh, we're just provided some additional tools. We are very fortunate to have four uh, program providers that are now able to deliver services uh, in our community on behalf of property owners, both residential and commercial. They've been incredibly responsive. They have uh, really worked to broaden contractor participation, and we are um, immensely pleased with the implementation of the program in our community and would like to thank them for their hard work and partnership. Thank you. Thank you to the board. Thank you. Do we have uh, anyone who would like to come up and say anything from the industry? Mayor, Vice Chair, Commission, I want to thank this commission and the commission before that. I also want to recognize Dr. Harado for our hard work, and I also want to recognize Alan Cohen for helping us and also the county attorney's office. Thank you, Joni. Thank you for all the hard work. Uh, you guys are doing this program allows people to, uh, their quality of life to change, and you guys made the difference. So thank you very much on behalf of the industry. Well, thank you. I'm going to provide each of you with a proclamation. We can take a photo and then get to our 83-item agenda. All right. That's about time.
come to work on time. You'd be good. What you guys have to say for it? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Now, we have with us today a very special guest who's visiting with us from all the way from the Israel Council General's Office. And um, we have three items on our agenda that we are going to take out of order um, after I call the consent agenda so that we can um, honor and, and give him the key to the county. Um, Mr. Lior Hayat is here with us today from the Israel Council General of Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Puerto Rico. Um, Steve Geller is going to go down and do that, but before I do that, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and call the consent agenda. We're going to um, do the polls, and then I'm going to take those um, 62, 63, and 64 in that order um, in honor of the Council General. Thank you, Madam so, Mayor. At this time, commissioners, and I would say, um, I'll tell the audience, for public participation reminders, please turn off your cell phone. If you plan to speak on an item today on the agenda, you must sign up on, with a speaker form located to my right on the dais. Once an item is called, you'll no longer be allowed to speak on that item. Keep your comments brief into the points being discussed. We ask that um, you, when you're called upon, you have your two minutes to speak on the item. And please refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. For those of you in the audience, respect the views of others who are speaking today. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls during or after speakers' comments. I'm going to read the Tuesday morning memo. If I can get one. There it is. Okay, the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items of items number one through 58. Public hearing items of item number 59 through 64. Regular and supplemental items of items 65 through 82. I request the following withdrawals of Scrivener's errors. There are no withdrawals. Scrivener's errors. Item number 20, at the conclusion of the motion, as it is currently written, insert the following. Should the county standard terms and conditions not be accepted, the county administrator is authorized to enter into an agreement with substantially the same provisions with the next ranked physician. Item number 67, the motion currently reads, motion to approve final ranking of the qualified firms for requests for proposals number R2112554P2 for external audit services. The ranked firms are one, RSM US LLP, Two, Cherry Picart, LLP. Three, 
S. Davis and Associates, PA, for BCA Watson Rice, LLP. It should read, motion to approve final ranking of the qualified firms for request for proposals R2112554P2, external audit services. The ranked firms are 1, RSM US LLP2, 2, S. Davis and Associates, PA, 3, Cherry Beekert, LLP, and 4, BCA Watson Rice, LLP. Item number 68, in the summary explanation background, the last sentence of the second to the last paragraph currently reads, the addition of a new site in Miramar Fire Station 99. It should read the addition of a new site in Pembroke Pines Fire Station 99. I request without objection that items 65, 66, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 75, 76, 77, 78, 81, and 82 be moved from regular to consent. <laughs> Item number 21 is to be moved from consent to regular due to a potential commission conflict. Additional material, item 1D and 1E, board appointments. Item 53, memo to the, uh, from Broward County Planning Council. Item number 56, substitute page 3, exhibit 3, submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 67, memo to the board from Finance and Administrative Services Department. With that, commissioners, that concludes the Tuesday morning memo. And us on to polls. None for Commissioner Udeen, Commissioner Rich, Commissioner Bogan. Mayor, being one of the last meetings before the summer, the only thing I'd like to pull is your chain, but otherwise, I don't want to pull anything else. Okay? Commissioner Ryan? I heard Mike Moskowitz laughing. Um, Vice Mayor Furr? No polls. Commissioner Lamarca? Mayor, I'd like to leave uh, uh, bifurcate item 58 mm -hmm. and leave, uh, leave B and C on... Uh, Consent and poll 58A due to a, uh, a statement. Okay. So poll 58A. Okay, so commissioners, you understand 58B and C are on consent. Okay, Commissioner Holness? Commissioner Geller? We've got a bunch, but remember, this should be the last time. First, I'd like to poll items 37, 38, 43, 44, and 55 to announce substantions only. I would also like to uh, pull 25 for substantive discussion, and I would like to pull 65, which was just added for the same abstention issue. Okay. With that, commissioners, can I please have a um, motion? Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so what I have from the public that's polled is item number 9, 25, 26, I have 62, 63, and 64, which are already on uh, the items we're going to take up first. I have 67, 73, and 74. Uh, the, those, Russell ran. Um, okay. So what I'm going to do first, I'll, I need a motion on the consent agenda. So moved. I need a second. 
Okay, all those in favor of the consent agenda minus the items that I mentioned signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Okay, let the record show that that passes unanimously. At this time, I'm gonna pull forward. Commissioner Geller, you can come down. Please exit the chambers as quietly as you can. Thank you, I'm gonna continue. So at this time, I'm gonna have Commissioner Geller come to the podium and go ahead and do the, Commissioner Geller, you wanna do the presentation? Yes, thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, today we are honored to have Consul General Okay, Leo hold on one second. Yes. Guys, could you please exit the chambers quietly? Thank you, please exit quietly. Okay, you Ready? got it. Thank you, Madam Mayor. We are honored today to have Consul General Lior Hayat with us today, and I want to thank him for coming. His presence today underscores the importance of the relationship between Israel and Broward County. Consul General Hayat assumed the post of Consul General to Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Puerto Rico in February 2016. He comes to Miami with a wealth of experience in Hispanic cultural and media affairs, Consul General Hayat served as a captain and artillery coordinator in the infantry unit with the Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF. Prior to his arrival in Miami, he served as the Department Director of Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean <laughs> Islands at the, Israel, at the Israel Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Jerusalem for two years. Consul General Hayat has a master's degree in public policy from Hebrew University and his bachelor's degree in economic and communications from Tel Aviv University. He was born and raised in Peratik for Israel and is married to Hani with three children. He speaks Hebrew, Spanish, Portuguese, and English. Um, we are also, we've asked him here today because we will be taking up shortly three items which I think will pass because they're co-sponsored by a majority of the commission, uh, which will be permitting uh, Broward County to invest in Israel bonds, and we'll discuss that further when we reach those items. Uh, it is very important for us to have Consul General here. South Florida has a large Jewish population for which the state of Israel is fundamentally important to us, uh, basically as a, as a part of our life. I've been to Israel on several Jewish Federation missions and the experience is, is overwhelming. Um, there is substantial travel between South Florida and the state of Israel. As a matter of fact, shortly there will be nonstop flights from South Florida to the state of Israel. The uh, state of Israel and Florida universities have multiple close ties and joint programs. There are substantial economic ties between the state of Israel and, and South Florida, including real estate development, homeland security, life sciences. I, I know personally many Israeli individuals and companies are increasingly investing in South Florida. And it is my pleasure today on behalf of the mayor and the commission of Broward County to extend the key to Broward County to the Consul General of Israel, Lior Hayat. Consul General, thank you. I'm sure to make a few comments. Shalom. Eh. Actually, I'm very happy and honored to be here representing the State of Israel. I want to thank Mayor Sharif, 
for this opportunity and obviously the com commissioner Steve Geller and the rest of the commissioners. I want to also acknowledge Michael Yavner that is here, the head of the uh, Israel Bonds and uh, my colleague Lisa McClaskey that heads the political department in the Israeli consulate in uh, South Florida. Israel is very, is highly invested in the Broward County. Please turn off or silence all cell phones. Thank you. No problem. Israel is highly invested in Broward County. We have a huge, the biggest Israeli-American community in South Florida is in Broward County. We have a very big Jewish-American community that lives here in this county, actually the biggest one in South Florida as well. We have so many other friends from many faiths many communities that support Israel and visit Israel on occasions. I will mention also that this city, the Fort Lauderdale, where we are today, is also a sister city with the city of Haifa in Israel. Investing in Israel through the Israel bonds means investing in our friendship, investing in the alliance that Israel and the U.S. share, and also in our common values. But above this reason, and more importantly, it's investing in success. Israel just celebrated its 69th anniversary a month ago. In those 69 years, we became a world power in technology, in science, in education, in agriculture, in water technologies, in so many other sectors that can be relevant to our connection and the connection between Israel and the U.S. and Israel in Florida in particular. I want to thank every one of you for voting in favor of investing in success and investing in Israel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hold it down. Steve, hold the key down. Tilt, tilt. There you go. Yeah. Do you want us to come down?
trash. <laughs> oh, I'm getting ready to put it into hyperdrive. Okay, at this time, commissioners, I'm going to take uh, 62, 63, and 64, which are public hearing items. I'm going to take those out of order right now. Item number 62, I have um, 62, 63, and 64. I have someone signed up to speak, but I thought, I thought it was just for questions. Michael Yavner, is it just for questions, right? No? Yeah? Do you want two minutes? It doesn't matter. Either one. You want to come up? Come on up. Okay. Okay, Mr. Yavner. Go ahead. Good morning, Madam Mayor, Commissioners, Vice Mayor. Thank you. My name is Michael Yavner. I'm the Executive Director of Israel Bonds or the Development Corporation for Israel. We're the, the exclusive broker dealers that sells the debt for the State of Israel. In essence, we work directly for the Israeli government and the finance ministry. That was a lovely, and I thank you for giving Consul General the key to the uh, county today. Commissioner Geller, thank you for putting the bill forward, and thank you to so many of you for co-sponsoring it. I come to you today as you contemplate changing the language of your county code to allow for the investment in the State of Israel. Israel is a thriving economy and the only democratic nation in a very tough region and a close ally to our great nation. Israel Bonds was formed in 1951 as a way for Israel to help fund this nation state of Israel. Investing in Israel is not only good for your portfolio, as we pay a premium to similar investments you're currently investing in, but it's a thoughtful and meaningful way to support the Jewish state. It also sends a very clear message to the hateful anti-Semitic boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. Just this past year, the state of Florida and other municipalities locally have passed anti-BDS laws. I'm hoping you'll follow suit at some point and do the same. Since inception, we have raised over $40 billion, and last year we've helped investors place more than $1 billion alone. Israel has never missed a maturity or an interest payment. Israel herself is rated A-plus by Standard & Poor's. Moody's also recently reaffirmed her A1 credit rating. Fitch also has a positive long-term view of Israel's debt. Israel's debt-to-GDP ratio, a key indicator of the health of a nation's economy, decreased for a seventh consecutive year. Israel is one of the few advanced countries in the world that has a lower debt-to-GDP ratio now than before the financial crisis. By investing in Israel, Broward County will have a long-term positive impact on their portfolio and at the same time will be supporting Israel's economic success. Thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate you coming today. So with that, commissioners, that concludes the audience participation for items numbers 62, 63, and 64. And I would like to come back to this dais. Ms. Coffey, can I have a motion on all three at the same time, or do I have to open them up and close them at the same, it each one? It would be one? best to have 62 separately, and then 63 and 64 can be together. Can open them all at the same time. Okay. But have a separate vote, at least for 62. And okay, so I'll just do them each. Okay, so I, yes, Commissioner Geller? If you'd like, I can speak, though, to all three at, on, at the same time. You want to speak again on to all three? I would speak once on all okay, three, explaining what they are. So okay. we won't have to speak separately. Okay, that's fine. Go excuse ahead. Me, okay. Mayor, uh, item number, excuse yes. me one second. I just want to be listed as a co-sponsor in 62. <laughs> right, I get that on the end. Okay. I got you. Okay. Item number, uh, okay. do you want me to explain what yes. all three do? No, you don't need to explain it. I think oh, it's already okay. explained on the agenda. Okay. So if you have something else that you need to In that case, to? 30 seconds or less. I'd like to thank our guests for being here today. This is an important issue that does three things. It's great for our portfolio, 
because you have debt which is so highly rated but which is paying about 75 basis points higher than T-bills and about 25 basis points higher than investment-grade bonds. Uh, and it's benefiting the Israeli economy as well as the Broward economy. And for, finally, as you did here, it's an important statement to counteract a lot of the hateful statements that have been going on. Thank you for your time, Madam Mayor. Thank you. Vice Mayor Furr? I'd just like to be listed as a co-sponsor on all three. Okay. So at this time, yes, Commissioner Rich? Yes. Thank you. Um, this uh, is especially meaningful to me. Uh, since uh, going back to when I was uh, in, the, in the legislature, uh, I was able to pass a piece of legislation that allowed uh, the state and uh, counties uh, throughout uh, uh, Florida to be able to invest in Israel bonds. Um, and uh, uh, was very uh, proud of that uh, accomplishment since my family has been involved for many years with uh, Israel bonds. Um, and someone just said to me, you know, have you been to Israel? So uh, I'm just uh, very happy that this is passing just in time for me to leave Sunday for Israel on my 58th trip to Israel. Thank you. All right. Okay, with that, commissioners can have a motion. Move it. I have a motion on item number 62. And um, for the record, Commissioner Bogan and Vice Mayor Furr are being added as co-sponsors on that item. Um, all those in favor of item 62 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. I have item number 63. Commissioners? I have a motion and second on item number 63 with uh, Vice Mayor Furr and Commissioner Bogan being added as co-sponsors. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All those opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. I have item number 64. I have a motion and a second. All those in favor, well, I have to show Commissioner Bogan and Vice Mayor Furr as co-sponsors on item number 64. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that those passes uni that passes unanimously. So 62, 63, and 64 are now concluded. Thank, Thank you, you very Madam much. Mayor. Mazel tov. Okay. All right. So. I'm going back to the consent agenda at this time. The first item pulled from the consent agenda is item number nine, Mr. Rand. Please come to the front and stay in the front because I think the next four that were pulled are yours. Mayor, I think uh, Mr. Rand has a weapon on his head uh, that uh, needs there's to be. There's nothing under there. You'll I never... think it's, it's, it's. I just got in from my. There's nothing under there? No. Uh, <laughs> nothing. Lights are on, nobody's home. <laughs> Mr. Rand? Just got in from my Trinity College reunion, and Tinfoil Hat is Todd Rungren, my friend, plays guitar in Ringo's band. He has a song, Tinfoil Hat, texting like a teenage girl. YouTube. Of course. That's what we're here for. Mr. Rand, please start speaking to the item. Thank you. Item number nine. Um, one of, being one of the few members of the public who read the original Scott Rothstein Blue Ribbon Panel report on the new proposed courthouse with an opening date of December 2012, and you're still putting in light switches and all, so I'm just posing the rhetorical question, is it still going to open on time? And a follow-up question, uh, there was supposed to be an air quality investigation report or whatever being done, and I was wondering how that was progressing. You know. That's it? 
That's it for me. All right, thank you. Okay, commissioners, back to this day. May I have a motion on item nine? All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show item nine passes unanimously. The next item, Mr. Rant. Oh, sorry, it's not you. It's item 25. That's Robert May W. Wells. 20, 21 was pulled. I'm sorry. You said 21? Yes. By who? It's on the Tuesday morning memo. It's oh, it's oh, I asked memo. her and she said none. Okay. No, no, because you had already Okay, okay, it. got it. Yeah. 21. Okay, okay. Commissioner Rich, yes. item 21. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, item 21, um, again, involves a contract between uh, Broward Behavioral Health Coalition and Broward County. I serve on BBHC's board of directors. Because I receive no compensation for that service, I do not have an actual voting conflict. However, to avoid even the appearance of a voting conflict, I'm abstaining from voting on item 21, um, and I will remain on the dais for the item. Can I have a motion, commissioners? Move. All in favor of item 21, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes with eight with one abstention. Madam Mayor, before we move to item 25, I pulled that for substantive discussion. Right. So if you're going to have somebody speaking on that, will we be He's taking up the item now? Well. It's Robert Wells. It's not. It's not. It, it, he says for questions only. Okay. So, are you 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 want to go ahead and speak to, it, it, speak to, to the it item? If this is the appropriate time. Madam it Mayor. is the appropriate time. Okay. Thank you. Um, now, okay, um, members, I have a concern about item twenty-five, and I apologize that I was just a uh, constituent called me yesterday. I did some research on it, and I am very concerned about this. I apologize for not letting the port know earlier, but as soon as I found out about this, I called county administration yesterday. This item is a lease with Sitco uh, at, port, at Port Everglades. At a minimum, I think this needs additional discussion. Sitco is owned 100% by the Venezuelan government. We've been hearing a lot about issues involving Venezuela today, but I probably would have left that slide. But the, earlier this year, in 2017, Sitco um, pledged through a sale of, of over 49% of its stock to Rosneft, the Russian-controlled um, oil company, uh, controlled by the government of Russia. And if Rosneft has managed to purchase 1% of the other outstanding stock, which is easy to do, we would be in a situation where the government of Russia would be controlling what are obviously, you know, secure issues that are important to the national interest inside Port Everglades uh, pertaining to oil uh, distribution. I am concerned about this. Uh, it may we may it may be too late to do anything about this, and I'd like to just hear from the port director and the county attorney. But at a minimum, this requires discussion of this commission, not consent. So at this time, um, I have a queue going. I've got Bogan. I've got Lamarca first. Bogan, 
And then, of course, I have Mr. Robert Wells, who's here from CITCO, but I also believe that Mr. Cernak is here as well. Ms. Yes, Ms. I Henry? would like to hear from yeah. Mr. Cernak. He's right there. He's here. Okay. Mr. Cernak can, is here. Can you call Mr. Cernak okay. for us? Um, Mr. Cernak. Good morning, Commissioners. Good morning. Mr. Cernak, we just wanted you to speak to the item and basically address uh, some of the concerns that Commissioner Geller has raised. Well, um, from a Port Everglades perspective, this is strictly a business transaction. It's a renewal of a license for a pipeline to cross from our docks to privately owned land by Sitco with their storage tanks for the delivery of their product. From a pure business perspective, there's no reason for Port Everglades to not recommend the renewal. There have been no issues over the last term and as, as far as I can see back on the history with respect to Sitco's operations. So from that standpoint, you know, it's, it's from us it's a, it's a clear business approval transaction and it's not a geopolitical item to us. Uh, as a um, understanding of the volumes that are handled by Sitco with respect to our total petroleum volumes. 13% of the total diesel is handled by Sitco, 5% uh, of gasoline, 15% of jet fuel, and when you take the whole composite of all product, it's approximately 8% of the total. The current license expires on June 30th of this year. Uh, so um, denial of this by the Commission would have some impact on fuel supply, no doubt, and other, other issues. From the port perspective, we're governed by uh, federal regulations. Federal Maritime Commission um, will, uh, you know, govern us. And um, I would not be surprised to see any sort of action occur if this was denied. So that's our concerns right now at this point. You know, I, I can answer any specific questions you have, but that's a general overview of where I see the business aspects of this at this point in time. Thank you. Okay, so with that, Commissioner Lamarca, you're next. I, I happen to appreciate your perspective, uh, Commissioner, um, but this, this board seems to have not played favorites with uh, tyrannical dictators that we do business with as we're opening uh, opening business with Cuba. Um, I'm less worried about the Russians uh, being at Port Everglades than, than I am protecting uh, a lot of Broward, Palm, uh, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach petroleum retail business from people like Max Alvarez that grew his business out of nothing here and other things like that. I, I applaud the idea that we want to make sure that we keep an eye on things, and I, I have full faith in folks at Port Everglades now that we've brought it up. Um, yes. yes, I did. You know, we, we're, we're at a time right now where uh, everybody's got their eye on certain places in the world and doing business with them. And I don't, I don't know how that they're, with the, the security we have at Port Everglades, uh, the technology we have at Port Everglades, that uh, we would be doing anything to put ourselves in danger other than receiving petroleum and, and distributing it through retail locations in, in South Florida. Um, I'm not going to be uh, opposed to the item, uh, but, I'm but I do appreciate the fact that we brought it to the port director's attention, and uh, I'm sure that uh, 
our security folks there and, and other, any other ways that it's a secure facility. I appreciate your position, but I'm going to support it. Thank you. The next person in queue is um, Commissioner Holness. Yes, uh, to bring the item up is, is good to have the discourse, but at the end of the day, uh, we can't jeopardize the fuel supply for the people of South Florida. Uh, it's critical. Uh, we currently don't have any embargo against uh, Venezuelan oil coming in. I don't like Maduro. I, I don't like what Russia did. Uh, but we are here uh, as an enterprise. The port is an enterprise. And, and we have to adhere to agreements that we have signed and, and live up to that, unless there's some legal reason not to. And in this case, I don't think it arises to that uh, at this point in time. So I, 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 the discourse, again, is good. But at the end of the day, I believe we have to continue uh, with the business model that we've set forth and, and follow all the legal rules that are in place. Thank you. The next person in queue is Commissioner Ryan, followed by Bogan. Uh, Mr. Cernak, can you come back to the podium? Yes, sir. Uh, are you aware of um, any federal government uh, mandates or regulations which um, prohibit the, the purchase of oil from Venezuela? Uh, no, I'm not. You mentioned that um, federal regulations may somehow be violated if we were not to uh, accept oil from Sitco. Could you expand upon that? We're governed in uh, part by the Federal Maritime Commission on general maritime, how we call our conduct of business. Um, I was just apprised of this after 5 o'clock last night, so certainly I haven't had enough time to talk to attorneys to, to get a full, in-depth concept of what the potential consequences are. But as a general course of conduct, you know, I'm, I'm bound to operate the business in such a manner that doesn't discriminate one customer against the other, whether it be in how I set rates or how I, you know, how I treat people. And it's on that basis that I've concluded that there is a potential liability here should some action be taken. That's the basis for my statement. Uh, the volume of oil that comes through Port Everglades is, is certainly a massive amount, and it's my understanding that it um, provides all of the, uh, the fuel for, what, 13 counties in South it's, Florida? It uh, provides all the southern 12 counties with all their fuel needs, and I believe there's two other counties that we serve partially. You mentioned that uh, somewhere around, what was it, 13% of the diesel fuel uh, yes. is received from, from Sitco? It's 13%, and it's 15% on jet fuel, 5% right. so on gasoline. In your opinion, would um, the prohibition of uh, Sitco fuel in Port Everglades result in higher fuel prices at the pump for consumers? It would disrupt the supply because... One, the tank farm is privately owned, so it would, it's Sitco's tank farm. Um, I'm not sure of the other suppliers at the port's ability to capture and make up that, because I'm sure that the, you know, it's a function of storage capacity, and I believe that everything is, you know, it's in its balance right now to supply the needs. Um, okay. 
you know, I will caution everyone that we are now in hurricane season. So there's a lot of implications here on short notice that uh, certainly concern me. Thank you. Next person is Commissioner Bogan. No, please come on back up. So what, he's what you're telling us is that, that by not moving forward, it could disrupt the supply, correct? Yes. But on the reverse side, if you had an entity that controlled it and wanted to disrupt the supply, they can do that as well, correct? Um, no, I'm not sure if I'm qualified to answer that question. It would strictly be an well, opinion on my part, if, and if, it depends how you construct by, that statement. By, by not receiving oil from that, that entity, it could disrupt our supply, depending on who's controlling it. My point is, is that we move forward, but we don't give them that long of a leash because with the political climate in Venezuela and what's going on with Commissioner uh, Geller's mentioning about Russia, why give them a 10 year lease on something if they want to disrupt our supply, not us disrupting their supply, if they want to disrupt our supply, why give them a 10 year lease on that? This is a routine renewal. It was done in accordance with all routine protocols. That's why it's 10 years on the agenda item, sir. Well, I, I think we should move forward. I think that we should move forward. It's a business decision, but I, don't, I think that depending on what's going on in this world today, you, you have somebody that, as you said, could disrupt a supply. I would uh, propose to amend, amend it to, instead of having a 10-year, um, having a, a modified term, just keep, there's no downside to it and gives us more protection. But, okay, so, so I get your point, but... So we're gonna um, we're gonna punish Sitco in advance of ever being disrupted or ever having a problem. We're gonna go ahead and decrease their lease time because of, of a hypothetical situation. There's no hypothetical merit, he, it's, unless it's not true. Forty-nine percent of that company is now owned by another foreign country, and you see what's going on. Uh, you know, listen. Okay. If, if, so is there a termination clause in the in the agreement, uh, Mr. Is there a termination clause in the agreement Mayor, so that we, yes? Mayor, there, not only is there termination for cause, there's a six-month termination for convenience, but I could oh. also suggest, okay. but if I could also suggest, I could also suggest um, it's certainly possible to require board of approval of any transfer of ownership or control of the entity that you're doing business with. This, this item is a, a motion to approve in substantial form, so over the summer, the... Uh, before the effective date, the county administrator can negotiate that term. Madam Mayor, in the yes. questions, that's exactly what I was going to ask and suggest. So at the appropriate time, I will make that suggestion. So uh, the appropriate time is now. Okay. So, we can go Madam, to uh, so the question I was going to ask Ms. Coffey is, is it possible, and I think you've said yes, to put something in that says if substantial control of the company, I've already reviewed the lease, it talks about that they can't assign it, the contract, but can we further say that if substantial control of Sitco itself changes, that the board has the right to terminate the contract? I would phrase it as any change in ownership of control of the entity that we're doing business with would have to be approved by this board. Okay. I, I'd be fine with that, Madam okay, Mayor. Okay, so you, you've made that as an amendment? I'll yes, second, yes, I'll second yes, the amendment. Madam Mayor. Okay, and I've got a second on the amendment. So motion, uh, I need a motion on item 25 as amended. Move it. Okay, all those in favor of item 25 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that that passes unanimously. Okay, we've um, taken care of item number 25. The next three items that were pulled from consent agenda were pulled by Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand, I'm going to have you speak to items 26, 32, and 34. You'll have six minutes on the clock. Please come up. Baptist. Yeah. 
Luke, you guys want some? Just uh, for edu ed educational purposes only, only, and this dovetails on what you were talking about disrupting or whatever, and it's the start of hurricane season, and um, this item 26 is for a uh, Florida Department of Environmental Protection to continue the cleanup of the petroleum at Port Everglades, and I always try to remind you of the uh, impending potential of uh, catastrophic event when uh, we get hit by Hurricane Godzilla and uh, if there's a storm surge of 25 feet say uh, and we've known for 35 40 years that there's petroleum under Port Everglades two to three feet at one point I don't know what the levels are now <clears throat> but a rising tide lifts all boats that are connected to the right people <laughs> but um, that rising tide is going to lift that oil up and out of Port Everglades, so uh, it's going to be an incredible scientific experiment uh, when that oil ends up in uh, Weston or whatever. Um, and a lot of people are opposed to drill baby drill in Florida or fracking or whatever stuff and um, that are good scientific exploratory uh, methods. So there's plenty of oil in Broward County that's going to make a mess of things. Uh, as I always tell you that 62 years ago when I saw my city underwater the, uh, from the hurricane, the uh, Naugatuck River overflowed and in, in Insonia there was a rubber tire plant and all the petrochemicals went up, rose with the 35 feet of water or whatever and for 20, 30 years you could see the high water mark was where the oil and petrochemicals were deposited on, on the uh, rock surfaces and all. So I think that's a very, um, something to be concerned of in the future. I also pulled the item 32, air quality monitor, and just for, uh, again, point of interest of uh, factual things and all, uh, having worked in the county environmental laboratory for 29 of the last 43 years, uh, I, I was dealing with the air quality monitoring and uh, generally these things are ambient background monitoring. They're not specific to any particular location and all. So uh, adding a air quality station in John U. Lloyd Park, I would be in favor of, of course. But I just wanted to point out this is ambient background monitoring and not specific monitoring. And having been concerned with the air quality that I've indulged in in Broward County, um, it causes, causes me pause to reflect on, on these efforts, which are multi-million dollars and all, and plenty of support from the feds and the state. Um, and uh, the last thing I, I pulled was item 34, which is to revise and update land development. And that, that causes prickly things to me because uh, you're doing housekeeping efforts of your codes or whatever, uh, building codes and various things, um, and tweaking it. And it kind of greases the skids for further development. And uh, um, uh, what's her name? Our environmental uh, commissioners, former environmental commissioners, I don't know now, but you really have to s keep an eye on uh, overdevelopment. If you're greasing the skids for 
way too much development and gets into way too much money and then mon greed is good, right? Greed is good. But then when the inevitable problem occurs with Hurricane Godzilla, then you'll remember you shouldn't have greased the skids so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, commissioners. So I'm back to this dais. That concludes our audience participation on those items. Um, can I have a motion on item 26? So moved. Second. All those in favor of item 26, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 32, commissioners? So moved. Second. All those in favor of item 32, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 34. So moved. Second. All those in favor of item 34 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Thank you. Okay, so the next item that was pulled was by Commissioner Geller for abstention. That's item number 37. Now, Miss um, uh, Coffey, he pulled 37, 37 and 38. Can I go ahead and take them together with one abstention? No, actually, the do we have script I have lets me, tells me I should speak on one, two, three, four, six of them at the same time. Okay, perfect. You can do that. Okay. Um, thank you, Madam Mayor. I am abstaining from items number 37, 38, 43, 44, 55, and 65. Which, should, which involve my former law firm from which I am owed compensation because I am abstaining to avoid the appearance of a voting conflict, not an actual conflict. I will remain on the dais for these items. And as I said, there's only one remaining fee, which I believe is supposed to be paid over the summer. So I'll no longer have to be doing this. Just for clarification purposes, 37, 38, 43, 44, and 55. And 65. And 65. Yes, ma'am. And when we go to the public hearing, I've got 59, 60, 61. Okay, don't, we're not worried about that. That's already on public. Okay. So um, right now, these um, we have an abstention that's been read into record. Commissioners, I'm going to need um, motions on item number 37. Second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 38, I, I need a motion. Move it. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show that that passes eight with one abstention. All of these items that I'm reading right now are going to pass eight with one abstention. Okay, the next item is item number 43. Commissioners? Second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that's on an eight with one abstention. Uh, item number 44. Move it. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Let the record show that 44 passes eight with one abstention. Item number 55. Move I it. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Let the record show that passes eight with one abstention. Okay. One second. I'm going to dispose of item number 65. So I, I know I got you, but I want to get rid of 65. Okay. Item number 65. Commissioners can I have a motion. Move the item. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Let the record show that that passes eight with one abstention. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay. So that disposes of item 65. Now I'm going back to item number 58. Commissioner Lamarca, 58A. 
Thank you, Mayor. Uh, item 58A involves a grant to the Museum of Discovery and Science. I serve on the museum's board of directors, but because I received no compensation for that service, I do not have an actual voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a voting conflict, I am standing from voting on item 58A, but I'll remain on the dais for this item. Move the item. Second. All those in favor of item 58A signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes eight with one abstention. Okay, that disposes of 58A. The next item on our agenda is item number 59. It's a public hearing item. As such, I'm going to open it up to the public. I have um, speaker sign-ups only for questions by um, Attorney Dennis Mealy. So I know that um, Commissioner Geller, you have something that you have to read. Thank Can you, you turn on your mic, please? Thank you, Madam Mayor. I am abstaining on items 59, 60, and 61 <laughs> to avoid a potential benefit to my former law firm from which I am still owed compensation as because I'm abstaining to avoid the appearance of a voting conflict, not an actual conflict, I remain on the dais for these three items. Thank you. Commissioners? Commissioners? Back to this dais. I opened it up for public hearing. That was for questions only. That's Mr. Mealy. He's, he's wanting for us to move. Right. Okay. Item number 59. I have a, a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes eight with one abstention. Item number 60. All those in favor signify by saying aye. I did open it up. I opened up a public hearing on item number 59, 60, and 61. The only speaker I had was Dennis Mealy for questions only. I closed the public hearing. Now I need a motion on item number 60, please. All right. All those in favor of item number 60 signify by saying aye. All opposed? Let the record show that that passes eight with one abstention. Item number 61. Second. Okay. All those in favor of item 61 signify by saying aye. All opposed? Let the record show that it passes eight with one abstention. Thank you, Mr. Mealy, for your patience. Um, that disposes of those three items. The next item on the agenda is item number 67. That's a motion from the um, county auditor's office. Motion to approve the final ranking of qualified firms for request for proposals number R211. 2554P2. Um, at this time, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine speakers. You'll have two minutes each. Um, the first speaker is Nick Matthews, followed by Bob Feldman, followed by Sean Davis. Please come to the front. Hi. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Mayor and uh, Commission. Um, Nick Matthews, Rebecca Polikoff, on behalf of RSM. We were hoping this item would be on consent, but that is um, not what happened. I guess there is a small modification to the ranking. Um, one of the things that I just wanted to point out is that the, according to the memo from the county, the first-ranked firm is not impacted. And the, um, another thing to point out is that there was at no point in this process a bid protest or an objection filed um, we're just here before, I believe, with an amended motion with RSM number one, and then two and three would be um, changed, and we just wanted to make sure that um, we are, RSM supports that. That's fine. We're, we fixed the record, and um, we're here. So thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Bob Feldman. 
Madam Mayor, I think Nick addressed you know, our concern. However, we would like the right to reserve uh, to comment should could there be questions that come up or other things that you know, comments that are okay. made by the other presenters. All right, thank you. Mr. Sean Davis, followed by Tanya Davis, followed by Annette Lewis, followed by Anil Harris. Please make your way to the front. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. Good morning. Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor. Uh, I am Sean Davis, S. Davis and Associates, CPAs in Hollywood, Florida. We happen to be the number two, I believe, adjusted rank firm. We are very happy to have been able to provide services to Broward County in the past. We have been subcontractors over a number of years, and in fact, there is one fact that um, you may not know. Years ago, probably about 15 years ago, we were actually ranked number one, uh, and we had a subcontractor as Arthur Anderson as our, as our sub, um, and we went to negotiation we could not get our sub to agree to the terms in terms of the pricing, but this commission did do uh, what was unheard of at that time, which was to have a small business come up and take the reins on this audit. We are asking that you also, once again, think about that. I know that you have a robust policy for small businesses. We employ several individuals from Broward County, CPAs, the like. We have a lot of experience in Broward County, and in particular, this Broward County government. We've done the job from A to Z, from putting staff on the job to actually signing opinions and giving those opinions to you. We're in a good position. We also have a major firm, uh, BDO, as our subcontractor, again, on this, the number five uh, ranked CPA firm in the world. So we appreciate your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Tanya Davis. Good morning, Madam Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners. As Sean mentioned, we have a lot of experience in the Broward County audits. Uh, back about 10 years ago, uh, we began opining on the, some major reports for the county. Three of the four constitutional officers, the component units, and um, doing the special reports and the single audit. We put in somewhere between 25, probably between 2,000 and 2,500 hours on the job as subcontractors at that time. This was the first instance where subs were given the um, authority to opine on, um, on segments of the county. Also included on our team is a C, another CBE firm, and we are a CBE firm, another CBE firm, Cynthia Bordersburg. In her previous employment with Ernst & Young, she was a senior manager on this job and oversaw 100% of the audit. So between the two firms, we have done 100% of the Broward County audit already. We have the experience of doing 100% of the Broward County audit between the two firms. Rounding out our team is BDO, which is a large international firm, as Sean mentioned, number five in the world, and they bring to bear their resources, and we have a speaker from their firm. We consider this to be one team. We've worked together before, and um, this will be a seamless approach, a seamless transition if you all do go with us. The way that um, the RFP is written, and it's probably the best it can possibly be, um, it is very, very difficult for a CBE firm to turn around and get the points necessary to become a prime vendor. 
Uh, we don't have the breadth of experience that an international firm does, but we ask you to consider your small business um, department and what you all are trying to do for small businesses and give us the opportunity to, to service Prime. Thank you. Ms. Annette Lewis, followed by Anil Harris, followed by Chantel Knowles. Good morning, Madam Mayor, members of the Commission, County Administrator. I am the consulting manager for S. Davis and Associates, and I'm a former finance director for two cities within um, Broward, I mean Dade County, and I've very often seen where minority firms or small firms become only the minority participants on these larger contracts. Since I've been with the- I'm gonna stop you for a second. Can somebody turn up that mic in the back? I can barely hear her. Thank you. Can you please turn it up? Okay, go ahead, try again. So, um, as I mentioned, I came from government as a finance director and a CFO, and I'm used to seeing smaller firms or minority firms become minority participants when it's um, mandatory. We are the only firm that's headquartered in Broward County, and of course, as Sean Davis and Tanya Davis mentioned, we have been a part of the county audit. We've done every facet of the audit, as well as the extended, ex any extended work as a result of it. And I would really like to have your consideration, even though you, um, you have staff's recommendation. So please consider giving a small hometown firm the opportunity to be the prime on this contract. Thank you. Thank you. Anil Harris, followed by Chantel Knowles. Please come to the front. Matt Morale and Anthony DeMio is next after that. Okay. Morning, Madam Mayor. Commissioners, I'm with RSMUS LLP, and I would like to yield my time to Bob Fellman, who is really representing our firm, if that's possible. Okay, where is he? Okay, can you come up, please? Absolutely. So I just wanted to say that all government experience is not comparable. Um, you know, our experience, I think you can see from the three questions that were provided to you that in terms of our experience, we audit the largest counties, Miami-Dade County currently, Palm Beach County, Martin County. We've worked with other large counties, Duval County. I mean, if you see the references of the other firms, uh, specifically the second-ranked firm, there's no county even listed in terms of that they listed as a reference. Um, you know, large counties are much more complex than the audits of those size entities. You guys have unique debt financing transactions, large construction activity, unique partnerships and development agreements. For example, Palm Beach County has an interlocal agreement with the city of West Palm Beach and some major league baseball teams as it related to some land swaps. Miami-Dade County entered into a similar arrangement as it relates to their parking lots, as it relates to the Marlins Stadium. So uh, I just want to tell you we have tremendous experience. We also audit four of the top seaports, the seaport of course being a unique you know, major economic engine for the county. We ordered over half of the airports in the state as well, so we truly feel as though our experience is unparalleled compared to our competition. The only other thing I wanted to add as well is that you know, we employ a holistic audit approach, so you're not just getting an audit, we also have people that participate in our engagement that protect your other interests. We found other counties have actually been exposed to IRS issues uh, with regard to payroll taxes. Uh, we employ a construction uh, cost specialist 
that looks at whether or not you've built in protections in terms of your major construction contracts. Are you being charged appropriate overhead rates as well? So we thank you for your time. Thank you. Ms. Chantel Knowles, followed by Matt Morrell, followed by Anthony DeMeo. Hi, Madam Mayor, Commissioners. Um, I had put on my form just for questions only, so if that's okay. 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 I'll put you to the side then. Okay, okay Matt Morrell. Morrell. Um, Madam Mayor, Commission, my name's Matt Morrell. Um, I'm here on behalf of uh, the second-ranked bidder, which was just decided today that it was second-ranked, near as I can tell. Under uh, Florida law, if you're the third-ranked bidder, you don't have standing to file a protest. And so with this change, I believe that there's an opportunity here for everybody to reevaluate this because we were not given an opportunity to file a protest, number one. Number two, I'm here to argue, yes, Okay. Okay. Uh, number two, as part of this process, I'm here to, I was here originally, and I'm filling in for John Millage right now, I was here originally just to say that basically um, you have a Broward County minority uh, small business that has done all the work necessary and is able, ready, willing, and able to provide the work, has already provided the work to Broward County in various capacities throughout the term. They have BDO Seidman, who uh, Mr. DeMeo, who's going to speak after me, I've known for over 30-some years, has done work with the county over those years on various issues. And their firm is, as they said, the fifth largest in the country. And it's something that should be considered when considering this process. If you can, I would suggest that you put this process off, allow them both to present again, before the commission because this is a huge policy decision for the commission. Do you want to have small businesses from Broward County and give them the opportunity to provide these services or are you going to limit this to a um, just big, big boys only? Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, can, can, let me take the audience first and then I'll have you call back for questions, okay? I have you in queue after Commissioner Holness, okay? It's okay. Well, uh, let me finish the audience, and then I'll come back to the dais, and you can ask all the questions of whoever you need to, okay? All right. Um, the next speaker is Mr. Anthony DeMeo. Madam Mayor, Commissioners, the Davis firm is a very well-known firm. I've known them for 30 years. Their work is of the highest standard. Um, experience is very important, but who actually performs the audit is even more important. What you're going to get with Davis and BDO supporting them is very experienced people. You're not going to get a revolving door of entry-level associates. You're going to get people that are rooted here in this community and that whose reputation is uh, dependent on the work they do every day. Yes, the county is a complex organization. But with the support of BDO, the fifth largest firm in the world, with our four offices in South Florida, and the experience and the resources we bring, uh, multi-discipline, multi taxes, consulting, IT, we can do as good a job as anyone together. Um, 
myself, I've audited the city of Sunrise, city of Opelika, city of, um, of um, Sea Ranch, uh, not Sea Ranch, um, next to Sea Ranch. And <laughs> we, I've uh, been an expert witness in rate hearing cases when we had the Public Service Commission. So we bring a lot to bear to this process. Um, you're, you're looking at some very quality firms, but when you consider all of the um, elements, the Davis firm combined with BDO, I believe, provides the best option both for the county and for the small business community. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that concludes the audience participation on the item. Back to this dais, Commissioner Holness, you are first in queue. Uh, an, an issue was just raised that uh, I, I think it's a legal one. Uh, whether or not once we re-rank uh, the f number third firm, uh, and, and I need confirmation from our attorney, wasn't allowed the privilege of protesting. Now that this has been done this morning, uh, that we changed the ranking, and, and thanks, Ms. Henry, for looking, to, looking into the question I asked yesterday as to whether or not local preference credit shouldn't be given, and, and we, we corrected that today. Uh, now, this is a situation that changes the whole dynamics in terms of the local firm now being ranked number two, whereas before they weren't ranked, they were ranked number three in uh, statement made that they didn't have uh, standing to file a protest. Where does that stand? The board has the authority to award the contract notwithstanding whether a protest period has run or not. I would also call to your attention um, the scoring that's there. And so in terms of assessing whether or not the um, newly second-ranked bidder might have had a protest, um, should be assessed in your minds in terms of the likelihood of success between number one and the new number two. But is there something to due process where if, if you didn't have that right previously and now you're in a place where you have that right, that that right should be granted? No, their recourse is to the courts at that point. Their recourse is? To the courts. Oh, so they would have to file a lawsuit? Is that what you're saying? Yes, because if you award, then the contract protest period is over. Yeah, but that, uh, for us to go through where they would file a lawsuit that seems to be a, a costly endeavor for us as a county. Uh, rather than allowing uh, the time for them to file a pro protest and then work through that uh, process rather than going through the court system. You can award subject to or contingent on um, not having a successful protest, but it's, it's up to the board to decide. You don't meet again until August, and so there's a there's a time issue. Okay, as to the time issue, uh, if I may, they don't. They are not scheduled to begin their work until uh, October first, right? Am I correct? Can somebody correct me on that, Madam? Could could I get an answer, County? If I may, I've, uh, I'm just my second day on the job, so I'm not familiar with this, but uh, Kathy was on the evaluation committee, and hopefully she can shed some light on it. Kathy and you're like deputy county auditor. Usually the firm starts interim work in August, 
and then do their um, end of field work in November, December, January, and February. So they usually start during the August, September framework. What, what time in August? Is this substantial work that's done in August? Could that they work do, not be started in September? Would they, that they, cause a delay? They usually do IT work, um, look I'm at sorry. controls, IT, look at the internal controls of the county. Um, they usually do um, look at internal controls of the um, IT process and also of the county and usually understand what's going on in the county in, in the sense of um, understanding their um, processes. That's what they do during the field work. During interim. Okay, the question I have is how much damage will it cost if we if they started that in September? I I, don't, I guess they could do it, do the uh, free work in the October November time frame. I don't know if it okay. would be much damage, but okay. it's usually um, done during that time. So in other words, it doesn't seem as if there's any overwhelming reason why we couldn't uh, get presentations or allow time for uh, this now ranked number two firm to get due process and have the ability to pre uh, appeal should they decide to, uh, or on the alternate, uh, have presentations made to us. Could presentations be made to us also? By a vote of six, you can um, require all the presentations to be made to the board. So we could have presentations made to us now with the firm one and two. It should be from all proposers. So, okay. Because effectively you're um, well, not all. taking over the task from the selection committee. Okay, so, so that side of it over. Uh, here's, here's an issue that I've had and, and I've expressed this here uh, on, on many occasions. That the small firms really have no opportunity to advance uh, I, I saw that with our airport cleaning contract, where we made the square footage that they needed to have cleaned so large that hardly any small, 400,000 square feet that was operating as an airport, how many chances, even if there were subcontractors on those contracts and, and doing a great job, they wouldn't have an opportunity. Uh, I, I believe we have to look at our processes to ensure that we're not putting a new burden in, in place that limits the ability of or small firms uh, or local firms to get a chance to get a foothold to advance. Uh, otherwise, they will always be second or third uh, doing sub work and not prime work. Uh, we really need to look seriously at how we advance that. And, and part of what I'd suggested before this came about was to do what I'm told Miami does, which is to break the contracts into smaller pieces. And you do have one main uh, auditor that everything flows up to, uh, where you can separate the airport to seaport, because they don't all necessarily have to be done by the same entity. And that gives some smaller firms a chance to be a prime, rather than having to uh, always be a sub and not get a an opportunity to grow and develop. So I, I would hear from my colleagues, but there's, those are some serious issues that I think we need to address, especially the fact that as of today, with the change that was made that we overlooked doing in our process, which would sadly uh, happened, uh, we now need to, in my mind, allow for due process uh, for this firm to have the ability to launch a, process, uh, a protest if need be uh, are to hear uh, presentations from all the firms. 
Thank you. Commissioner Geller. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. And I know and you have questions, so you can go ahead and start calling. Thank you. Um, and Mr. Morrow, Ms. Millage is here, so you're not filling in anymore. Um, first, <laughs> I, I um, actually share almost entirely the remarks made by my colleague, Commissioner Onis. But my, I have first a very brief comment, which is I agree that we should be doing more. And I think this board has been very responsive to trying to help small vendors. And I share uh, Commissioner Honus' concern about that and you know, wanted to raise that issue. But as an attorney and strictly from a technical issue, my question is to the county attorney. And you've already addressed this to a degree, but I understand the whole issue pertaining to standing. I am unwilling to do anything that would jeopardize the procedural due process rights of any of our vendors. Uh, the concern that I have is, and remember I'm fairly new to this board, if we vote now, apparently, and please correct me, that will shut off some of the rights to file a bid protest that they would have greater rights and easier rights to file a bid protest before we award, then it goes through our county administrative process. And if we vote to award the contract first, then that precludes the use of our county process and requires that they go to court. Is that correct? I think you have two choices. You can award cutting off the um, protest process, and then court is the place that a disappointed bidder or proposer would go. The other possibility is awarding it subject to no successful protest, and um, if there is a successful protest, it would effectively put aside your award, um, and whatever flowed from that would flow from that. Okay, so Thank you would take into account the timing, the likelihood of a successful protest, and the um, the need to get an external auditor in place right away. The public interest can override that right to a protest. The office has litigated that issue in the past. I understand. Okay, thank you, Ms. Coffey. Madam Mayor, in closing, let me just say that at a minimum, I would want, I, I again, as an attorney, I'm just reluctant to jeopardize procedural due process. At a minimum, I would ask if we do award that it would be subject to no successful bid protest using our county internal procedures. Uh, but I still would like to hear what the rest of the board thinks about the issues that um, my colleague just raised, um, Commissioner Honus, because I do think we need to be doing whatever we can to give the smaller uh, businesses a chance to get the larger contracts. But if we choose not to do that here, I will ask for the motion to amend to uh, deal with the procedural due process issues. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay, so commissioners, if the time is now 1148. I have five speakers in queue, and then we have two more items to, to conclude this agenda. So please be brief with your comments. Vice Mayor Furr, followed by Commissioner Udine, followed by Lamarca, followed by Bogan. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mayor. Um, with all due respect to the to the um, companies that did have uh, to the company particularly that had the highest ranking, uh, which I think is a very very good company, I am concerned that we are not being able to be um, able 
to recognize the, the or or or, ha or have opportunities for some of the smaller businesses. Uh, this is unfortunately like a deja vu for me because this happened exactly ten, almost 10 years ago in Hollywood where the big guys essentially crowded out this same company in a very similar situation. And there was lots of support, everybody, but because, because of the ranking, it did not, in this case, didn't, uh, Ms., uh, Sean did not get that contract. I'm, con I'm concerned that, we're, he, that this, his company and, and companies like this are running up against a ceiling because they are not able to get the opportunity to be a prime that, that, you know, trying to get that experience is like, uh, when I look at the experience of some of the other companies, it's, it's massive. But here you have a small company that's been doing all of the work, all of the kind of work that you uh, expect to see and, and hope that one day you, you foster your own and that they're going to be able to be successful and that they're going to be able to be a prime. But our criteria is unfortunately weighted in such a way that it is that it's making it very hard. When I look at uh, the evaluation criteria, particularly number nine, it talks about the prime proposers. Well, that company is not a prime, and so you end up getting weighted uh, based on what you had, you know, what somebody's done before, as opposed to, you know, and what contracts you've had. That's not necessarily a fair fair way to go about it, especially if he's done the exact same kind of work and has had no problems with it. When I see the, the CBE percentage, we're always trying to get that up. We're, this, is a, this is a county commission that has put that high on the agenda. The difference is staggering on this one. This is between 68% and 25%, and well, I think one of the companies wasn't responsive on that. That's a, huge, that's a huge difference, and that speaks volumes to what I think this commission is trying to do. When I look at the price, the price is considerably different. It's $600,000 cheaper. Um, that, that's a big difference. So I, I am I'm disappointed in, in, in that there we're not able to find a way. And, 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 I, and I think it comes back on us a little bit. It's, depend, it, it's incumbent upon us to look at those RFPs before they go out and make sure that there is something on there. That, and that's... And so I don't want to I, I, I don't want to put any blame either on on staff nor on evaluators or evaluators or anything else because it's not fair to do that. Um, they did a good job, plain and simple. They did it with what it was. But the fact is the, that some of the evaluation criteria that we should have maybe looked at that would have allowed for smaller companies to to uh, rise to the occasion wasn't put in there. We didn't we didn't weight CV higher. We didn't weight uh, the um, we weighted heavier, more heavy, prime, et cetera, uh, versus non-prime. So when I look at this, uh, I, I am I'm interested in when I when I see that it turned that that this company now has standing. That makes it me interested in hearing if there would be a, a bid protest. But more than that, I'm almost, I'm I'm and I'm usually not ready to do this, but I'm I would be willing to listen to presentations on this. Um, because I think we, we need to be able to look at the f and evaluate on a full uh, scale of criteria that may not have been in there and actually take a good look at that criteria and make sure that we're making it um, responsive for companies like uh, Sean's and, sm and small companies to be able to become part of the, uh, 
uh, Broward County family of, of contracts, so to speak. So that, that's, that's, I think that's what I've got. Thank you. <coughs> Commissioner Udine, followed by Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I want to see small Broward County companies become big Broward County companies. And unfortunately, look, the number one ranked firm is a fantastic auditing firm. They would do a good job if they were going to come in to do our audit. I don't really know Sean Davis that well. I've only met him a couple times. I've spoken to him, and I've watched the process through our Office of Small Business Development as we deal with it every week. This is exactly the way this process should work, where small subcontractors who come on as the sub for a prime, they're doing all the work, work their way up, and then they become the prime contractor. I mean, we can sit up here till we're blue in the face and say we want a 20% goal or a 22% goal or whatever that number is. That's just moving numbers around at the end. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to take these small companies, incubate them, and let them become big companies. So, <clears throat> I mean, is our only option approving as far as the way these numbers are? What if I made a motion to approve Sean Davis as the number one firm to just have them do the audit? They've done it for years. The code, well, you can waive the entire code and do that. Barring that, you have four choices when you're reviewing a selection committee's ranking. You can accept it, you can reject it, you can refer it back for further consideration, or you may hear presentations. On the idea of referring it back, bear in mind, in, in response to some of Commissioner Furr's comments, that an audit committee is required by your admin code to create the criteria for this, so it's, it's, it's hard to recreate those criteria. So if you send it back, it's got to be because you've learned new information relevant to those criteria that you don't control entirely. So those are your four choices other than waiving the code. So we have a number one selection and we have a number two selection. The number two selection has done the work over the last number of years in our audits. They're the company that actually did it. Have we received the different CAFR awards that they give to county administration for audits? County administrator? I mean, have we received our county auditor? I mean, our audits have yeah. all been without exception and in good standing. Yes, and I'm going to, because this is under the auspices of the auditor, I would like to have the, audit, the auditor's office respond. Okay. But to answer your question specifically, the answer is yes. But as far as any further detail in terms of okay. how... I, I don't need more okay. detail. But at the Thank end you. of the day, they've been doing the audits. The audits have been all perfect. There's been no issues on it. We put it out on the street after a significant issue with our current auditor wanting to stay on, and I think they might have been a, a sub under the current auditing. I think this is exactly what we've been talking about even prior to my time on this dais. You take small businesses in Broward County, you turn them into big businesses in Broward County, and all of our residents do better. So in my opinion, I'd make a motion to throw out the code and name Sean Davis as the number one choice. That would be my motion. Wait, can we get discussion before? Well, then? I mean, okay, when okay, it's time okay, for me okay. to make it. Okay, so I have a, a, a lot of speakers in queue right now. So let's go with Commissioner Lamarca, followed by Bogan, followed by Commissioner Rich, okay? And then I can come back to you. Thank you, Mayor. I'll be very quick. Um, can I ask someone from RSM or the representative to come on up for a second? Um, I just looked up your firm and you're two blocks north of here in Fort Lauderdale. Are you, are you, is that your. 
headquarters for your company? No, we are a national firm. Okay. Our headquarters are based in Chicago, but we have 100 professionals located two blocks, and that's where all the people that would be serving you. Okay, so that was what there. I was asked. How many employees are there? 100 that, in that office, 9,000 across the country. No, here in Fort Lauderdale, 100, you said? 100, Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, we also have three other SBE firms that are participating. Tony Brunson, um, we also have Cynthia Borders that is participating, mm -hmm. and Rodriguez Chuiba is participating. So we do have three other firms that are participating, total of 30%, I believe. One of them may not have been uh, certified as a CBE, so that's why it's only reflecting 25%. But we very much embrace the use of small businesses with us. It's been something we've been doing for many, many years. And okay. we have great relationships with them. And your number was 20, 25%? 25%, yes. There's actually 30% participation okay. of small businesses. It's just 5% didn't qualify because they weren't certified for okay. purposes of the county. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Ms. Coffey, could you help me? Uh, have we had uh, third-ranked firms protest in the past? Is there a reason that somebody who's not immediately under the, the top-ranked firm cannot protest? The law doesn't actually give a third-ranked protester standing because if they became number two, they couldn't become number one unless they think they can. Normally, it doesn't give them standing. So although we may have had it, it we would our office would object to standing in that case. Okay. But now we have a firm that was three is now number, number two because of local preference. Correct. Okay. Um, it, you know, I heard a lot of conversation up here with respect to uh, not the least of the conversations going on right now when I'm trying to talk. Um, you might hear something that you, you like once in a while. Um, so with regard to a few of the things that were said, I mean, Commissioner Udy made a motion and it was seconded, but prior to him saying that, we, we, I heard that we have a concern with what was in the RFP. I've been public work in the past, um, and I can tell you that when you get a document and you devour that information and, and learn it and, and uh, see exactly how you're going to prepare your submittal, how you're going to arrange your team, whether it's construction, design, uh, auditing, or, or other type of professional services, I mean, a lot goes into that. So for us to, I don't know of any auditors up here on the, the dais except for the one we just hired, uh, in other words, the commissioners. Uh, so for us to basically, because we think it's not, and, and I, I have met with Sean multiple times, and I think that they do a fantastic job, and they would, but, but for, us to, for us to change the ingredients of the cake after it's been baked, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, if we do this, we should be willing to do this for just about anything else that comes up here. The next person in queue is Commissioner Bogan, followed by Commissioner Rich. Yeah, I first I want to start off by saying I agree with Commissioner Lamarck about changing. You know, you, the only time I've ever aware that a procurement code was waived was when the gentleman on the uh, uh, on the uh, sports thing came up with an idea that was novel and new, and no one was doing it. Otherwise, I don't ever remember a procurement code being waived. I agree with Commissioner Holness about small businesses, but I think we're all making an assumption. Assumption is is that the number one firm is not using small businesses, and my understanding is you have two, maybe three. Small businesses, is that correct? That's what he just said. That's what you just said, correct? Yes, that's Okay, so we're assuming, we're making an assumption, maybe, okay, you're shaking your head, no, you can correct me, but my understanding is they, they are using at least two certified small businesses. 
Uh, okay, I look at. I, I just. I, I think it's a dangerous precedent to to do in in you know what what commissioner is talking about in waiving procurement code on a. You know, this is not novel. This is not something unique. This is not something different, like the cricket. That was the cricket matter. Um, and uh, you know, I uh, I think it's a dangerous precedent. Um, Jim, can Commissioner Rich speak first? Okay, I have a cue. I'm going to keep going around until you all get tired. Commissioner Rich. Thank you. I'm tired. But, um, I am too. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting to, um, for them but, to. Um, first of all, I, I want to say that it's obviously incredibly um, laudable and correct that we, uh, as, a, as a prior to the time I came here, uh, that, that uh, this commission tries very hard uh, to uh, enhance small business and bring them along and, and uh, turn them into, into larger businesses and successful ones. But I have a serious, serious problem. You know, we had an RFP. We had an RFP process. I mean, in my opinion, I do not believe you can just throw that out. I'd like to know first, what is the recourse for, uh, for RSM if we, throw, if we throw that out right now? If you waive the code entirely, um, they should not have legal standing to challenge your decision. Okay, well, I would not be in favor of that, and I would not obviously support that motion. Um, you know, um, uh, if we, um, if, if the RFP uh, didn't have in it what we wanted or what we think is important, then it's incumbent upon us to fix it for the next time. But as far as I'm concerned, I do not believe that you can throw this out now. Um, and I want to just say, um, I just, uh, I do a, a obviously agree with, uh, Ch with uh, Commissioner Lamarck on this. Also, as far as the, um, uh, the, the, the prime firm, um, it's maybe inappropriate to say now, but I am going to say it. Um, I've had experience as a member of the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition Board uh, with uh, the, the other prime, not the one who won, but the one who's now number two, and they did a totally non-responsive job uh, as far as uh, uh, the audit that was done for uh, BBHC. So um, uh, I, I think we have to, uh, we, sh we should stay with our RFP uh, process, and if we want to fix it for the next time, fine. But as, as was said already, uh, there are uh, uh, minority uh, um, uh, businesses involved in, uh, in the uh, RSM um, uh, award, so I think that that resolves that issue. And I would like to say to Mr. Melton, welcome to Broward County. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I'm in queue right now. I'm going to speak, and then I have three people that um, asked to speak again, okay? So first of all, let me just say, um, I want to ask a question to our county attorney. Is it, is it possible because of the um, change in the rankings from number three going to number two, is it possible for the, those two proposers to be heard again by the um, uh, the ranking committee, the RFP committee? What the code provides for is for you to send the entire package back and they would consider any new information that you have um, presented today. And um, I think that would involve looking at all four proposers because they are to take into account the new information that you are providing. Or okay. all the proposers, I should say. I guess for me, it's all about um, whether the process is fair or not. 
Um, last night when I had my final agenda review, we discussed this at 5.45 p.m. and they were still ranked number three. When I got back here this morning, they're now number two. And I guess for, with, for me, that's unsettling. And as far as the repercussions that come along with that and their, their ability to file their protest and to state their case, I mean, it, it appears to me that they, they had some consideration that should have been given to them that wasn't when they um, were actually not given the local preference points. And so um, I am um, less inclined today to support the item as it stands and I'm more interested in trying to find a solution and a remedy for fairness. Even if it does, if we hear the proposals again and, and it does come out that um, it's the same, I still feel like um, that they need their opportunity to have proper consideration. So, Mayor, you asked me very directly, can you send back for mm -hmm. the selection committee simply to rehear one and two? What you can do, I hope I've been clear on this, is award the contract contingent on there being no successful protest, which would mean that the number two would have an opportunity to protest. If they are successful, then the contract would not be awarded. I would suggest that the ranking return to you um, in August if that occurs. Um, if they are not successful, then the contract is awarded. That's also an option. So you can award the contract based on no successful protest. In other words, they'd be allowed a protest. If they're not successful, the contract's awarded. If they are successful, I, th I think I would suggest that the matter be returned to you for final and ranking then it, again. And then return back to the dais for final ranking. That's my suggestion, yes. Will we have to hear the whole presentation again? Or would we No, because a, a revised ranking would be presented to you. You can hear it or not hear it. Some of the questions I ask for are not just for our benefit, but they're for the benefit of the audience as well that are watching. Okay, thank you. All right. I did give you the correct answer. Uh, you know, you know so much. I'm so happy. Um, okay. So where I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back into queue. I have first before you, Commissioner Udine, I have Commissioner Holness that asked to respond to something that Bogan said. Commissioner Udine wanted to respond and then Vice Mayor Fur, and then I'll put Geller back in queue at the end. Only if Udine makes his motion. <laughs> okay, stay stay put. Stay tuned. Okay, Commissioner Holness. In response to Commissioner Bogan's statement that I, I I'm not giving credit for the current rank number one using uh, small business. No, that's not my statement at all. We, we have goals that we set on almost every contract that we give today. Uh, and, and when we set those goals, it's small business that fill those. What I'm saying is this, which is what uh, Commissioner Udine is, is, is saying and understood, that we need to give opportunities for small business in Broward County to become prime and large businesses so that they can go compete elsewhere and bring money back home to us. Not only do they keep the money here that we spend, but they can then go compete with the rest of the world. Uh, if we don't do that and give them those opportunities, then they'll never be able to grow. And, and, and that, is, that is my statement. So uh, I know Commissioner Udine has a motion, and we'll see where his motion uh, would be second by 
Commissioner Fergo's. If that doesn't, I have one also that I'd make. Commissioner Udine? Just to, just to follow up. <clears throat> my, my point in this is, and, and I agree with what Commissioner Holmes says, I don't want to see, while I do want to see us have high goals for small business participation, I want to see small businesses, subcontractors become prime contractors. And I don't think anybody has done anything incorrectly in this entire process short of some addition mistakes that had to have something re-ranked. But I want the purchasing department to hear, um, and I mean this as a, as a, not as a criticism, but as future, I would rather see them go out on a limb on some of these because this one, this isn't a, a, a strange type of thing where you have to waive the procurement thing like some other things where there's something we've never done before. This is something, this is something that we do every year. We do an audit. This is the company that actually has done the audit. And I get where purchasing would look at a large company and say it's just an easier, safer choice. That's what everybody in business does. When they get IBM, it's an easier one to just pick IBM than to go with the young startup. So, but this is something where we preach every time bringing small businesses in, and we need to be better as a county at incubating our small businesses and turning them in to big businesses. And that is going to help every other issue from affordable housing to social services that we talk about up here. So in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't need to see re-rankings. They've done the exact same piece of work. That's why I'd make my motion. The procurement code was followed, but this is, I think this is a better statement to make by the county. RSM has plenty of small businesses subs that they're using, but to me that's not the point. They could be 75% small business. That's the prime giving out business to the small businesses. I want the small business to be a big business here. That's my comment. Thank you. Vice Mayor Ver. Thanks. When I see that, that on the criteria that, you know, you, you're, you're weighted more heavy if you've been a prime for a county as opposed to a city. The, this, this company has been a prime for, for numerous cities, but they're weighted differently in the, in the, in the evaluation criteria. So that, that ends up weighting a lot of points. Those kind of points make a big difference. Um, I w I'm willing. I'm still willing to to um, take a vote on that and see where it goes. Okay. Uh, I appreciate what you said on that as well as you. All right. So I have a, a final final speaker, which is Commissioner Geller, and then I'm going to take up the substitute motion by, that was made by Commissioner Udine, seconded by Vice Mayor Fur. Once we see where that goes, um, we also had a a second substitute motion, which was made by Commissioner Bogan and. Second, well, the awarding the contract based on a successful bid protest, right? Okay, so I have a second substitute motion. I'm sorry. And you have, you have a, another substitute separate. I have a substitute also. Motion. Okay. <laughs> so whenever, wait, wait, stop, stop. Robert's rules, please. A substitute motion goes before the original motion. So if you have a substitute on top of the two substitutes, I need to put it in order. Okay. So, so mine is that we uh, have presentation made, and, and, and I'm doing this based, and I, I don't necessarily want to make it unless Commissioner Udine's motion fails. Okay. 
so don't so so I think you should hold off on that so can you just turn off your mics please turn off your mic Commissioner Geller okay so the first substitute motion that would have to be heard Do you want to speak on that substitute yes. motion by you, Dean? Okay, Commissioner Gell. It's okay. No. No, this is The original is going to be heard last. Commissioner Gell. I'm okay. sorry. May I just, as a procedural point of order, determine what the motions are on the floor? The original motion is to waive the code and award to number two. No, the substitute motion. No, the original motion, motion no. is to approve. The rank. Uh, the, the it ranking. is to approve it. Then the substitute by Commissioner Udine is to throw out. No, can you please stop? Okay. Stop, stop, stop. Let me tell you what the motions are, please. So the first, the original motion on the floor was to accept the item in its entirety as it is presented right now. That was our first motion. That was the original. That was item number 67. The second, the first substitute motion that came up was made by Commissioner Udine, and that was to go ahead and bypass the procurement code and award it to um, Sean Davidson Associates, the number two ranked firm, go ahead and take them and award them the contract. Then a third motion was made um, when I asked the question, and that was, a, that was the, the third motion, which is the second substitute motion, and it was to award the contract based on a non-successful a non protest, and then a revised award will come back to the commission for final approval. So those are the motions as they stand on the floor right now. That's what we have. So I, I'm going to take up the substitute, the two substitute motions first, and according to Robert Rules, because the original motion as it stands on the agenda has to be last. Point okay. Of point of order, please. Yes. There was I don't I did not hear a motion to on on the first to to accept the this the what the what was we right we no there had, was there was no an original we motion haven't made. motioned and seconded but that was the original on the floor but that's the original made, item but nobody made that nobody motion nobody made that motion. I. It is our first motion. It hasn't been voted on yet. I, I guess I might have to ask. Okay, so when an, an item is on the agenda, it is not. It, it is up for. It's a motion to approve. That is our first motion to approve. We haven't approved it yet, but it's on there. That is correct. It has been this board's practice to actually independently make a motion. Um, you did not do this in this case. I, I think the vice mayor is correct. There was not an, an oral motion um, for the, the item that's on the agenda. At this time, there's three items to consider still. That's the original item, which is on the agenda. The second substitute, the first substitute motion made by Commissioner Udine. The second substitute motion made by Commissioner Bogan. So we can dispose of these in pretty short order. We're going to go with the first which is Commissioner Udine's motion, and that was to waive the procurement code and... The reverse, okay. the reverse order, according to the way that you have set these out, Mayor. And I'm trying to support you on this. I just want to... No, I'm just this. saying. I, I have to... I, I don't the know reverse, which way he wants to go, because if no, he doesn't, he's going to go... Okay. Okay, so... The most recent motion. Do you want me to take the most recent one, which is his? Yes. Okay, so order. then the first motion that we'll, we'll be voting on is whether or not we're going to award the contract based on the non-successful non, non bid protest and then have, the, have um, it come back 
revised if it does if it's not successful. The warrants are automatically theoretically awarded to the current right to a successful bid. Okay, so that was a motion made by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Vice uh, Commissioner Ryan, right? Can I be Mayor Ryan today? You can be if you like. Um, In that case, I'll second the motion. <laughs> okay, so I'm calling. Madam Mayor, first I wanted to debate the motions, and I want to point out, if we adopt Commissioner Bogan's substitute, that kills Commissioner Udians. I just want everybody to understand that. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Now, procedurally, I... Right, right, whatever. Otherwise, we're going to have to go back and vote again. Okay, fine. Let's vote. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just trying to call for a vote now. Okay, so I, I do have a question. Yes. If if we vote on uh, Commissioner Bogan's and it passes, then we no longer. But if I let's say it, it doesn't pass, can you then, revisit uh, it again? Yes. Can we put, revisit it again? You can make another motion. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a more logical way. Oh, now you want me to take control? Now they want me to take control? All right. Okay, so uh, this the, the motion that Commissioner Bogan put on the, um, has proffered, has a, a, a second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye and raise your hand. Aye. aye. Two, three, four, five. Okay, six. So Commissioner Bogan's motion passes six to three. So at this point, um, neither the no, substitute or the regular we're is done. going to be heard. So that's it. So that gives them the ability to protest, and the item will come back. Okay. So that disposes of item number sixty-seven. That disposes of item number sixty-seven. Thank you. Okay. The next item on the agenda is item number seventy-three. That's a motion to approve the amended project agreement between Broward County and Florida Department of Transportation, addressing updated project milestones, dates, and fiscal responsibility for various elements of the Wave Streetcar project. On this item, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine speakers. Okay, Russell Rand, Charles King, Karen Cherry, Scott Drawbridge, Marie Huntley, Stan Etchenbaum, Jenny Morjon, John Millage, and John Bordeaux. Please come toward the front of the room. All right. Okay. Russell Rand, could you please approach the podium so we can start the timer? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. What now? You're welcome, Mayor. What do you need? I'm donating my brain. <laughs> um, wow, I knew this would be a sausage fest and there'd be a lot of pork and beans here, you know. Golly. Um, I just wanted to ask about the wave because uh, as I travel around the planet, I tell people, you know, when I moved here 43 years ago, this was a city of the future. It was going to be a buildable community. So uh, I've watched it trickle into that one way or another, that future community that was going to be. So. I've heard a lot about the wave for years, and I haven't seen anything happen, so I'm wondering, is something going to happen? 
and will it open on time like the courthouse December 2012. Um, I hope this thing pans out and it's not a boondoggle. Uh, but I can't wait for something to actually happen. And uh, I'm getting tired of skateboarding around downtown, you know. Thank you. Hello. Um, I'm here to speak on um, this procedural vote on the wave because this, this sort of movement, I, I call it the Citizens Against Change, has sprung up with you know people that haven't cracked a newspaper in 15 years, and um, they suddenly want to stop 15 years of planning from the federal, state, county, city, CRA, uh, property owner level. I mean, it just you know, if you guys did derail this, I think it would be uh, you know, it would pale in compare. You know, that would be way beyond giving 80 million dollars to that billionaire running the uh, Panthers out in uh, you know across from the Everglades or what's going on in front of the library over there. I mean, that would be a major blow to Fort Lauderdale. We don't have a representative that lives in the city up on this dais. We've been chopped into three sections. So, uh, you know, please leave this alone. Please let it happen. It's a redevelopment thing. We've seen huge buildings being built all around. It concentrates development along the route. Um, these people that are against it, um, you're never gonna satisfy them till you come up with a flying train, you know, that just goes to whatever floor they want. They, they don't want a downtown, they don't want development. They don't care if this is the county seat. This is where they bought their house 40 years ago, and they don't want it to change. So th this is kind of like, you know, it's just I've been paying into this thing since, what, 2012 or something like that. It's just to, to unravel it now is just, uh, you know, it's not even possible. So, I, th you know, they have people on there that are telling they're, you know, they're telling people this is not a done deal. We can still change this. We can this. You know, of course, we'd like to see less wires if that's possible. I think in this process, it's it's open to there being less wires and more batteries, and that will happen over time. I mean, it definitely needs to be expanded to the port, you know, the convention center, down Sistrunk, the airport. Um, you know, that will happen with time, and uh, you know, it's it's a circulator system that's going to move people around when the when the, uh, the coastal link finally catches up with us in the bright line. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker is Karen Cherry, followed by Scott Strawbridge. Please make your way to the front so we can keep the meeting moving, please. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Commission. Um, I'm here to request um, an equity analysis and a pause on approval uh, for the wave um, in, uh, in consideration of uh, Title VI, ADA, and environmental justice issues. Um, on June 2nd, this uh, commission adopted uh, policy 2.36.1, uh, which was in regards to the uh, environmental uh, justice impacts on uh, of public infrastructure and services to our most vulnerable populations. I represent uh, the Home Beautiful Park uh, Civic Association, and the residents there are really concerned um, about the wave, and there are multiple questions that are surrounding that. And in relation to that policy, that 2.36.1, uh, it talks about the most vulnerable uh, populations in our county, particularly poor uh, minorities, low-income children, the sick and disabled, et cetera. Um, this commission has stated um, in its backup that its interest is in delivering an efficient and accessible system. And uh, we're simply asking for a pause on the approval of the contract so that we can, um, so that we, the residents can work with um, commission 
to provide what we are certain will be an equitable system. That conversation um, we got started this morning with the Transportation and Mobility Department, and uh, we're really looking at doing some innovative things. I mean, we really just want to make sure that, the, that whatever system is put in place in regards to the wave considers um, those in our population that are the most vulnerable. Thank you. Scott Strawbridge, followed by Marie Huntley. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Commission. Uh, just a couple of concerns also here to ask if you'll defer and, and give a little more consideration to this item. Specifically, the RCRA funded the wave loop portion at $7.5 million using redevelopment trust funds. And there was nothing in our redevelopment plan that alluded to mass transit. Our plan was changed after the fact, after seven and a half million in debt was incurred. And a NEPA analysis was done that said it would be of benefit to the low income citizens. However, the city manager told this county commission no ridership study was done. So we're wondering, without a ridership study, how the wave consultants determined that the loop would be good for low-income citizens. Actually, our redevelopment funds are being robbed for this project. And we're not even allowed to get there unless we change a bus. So I would ask you to reconsider. I also would say that we're told we can connect using the trolley. We're also told in our meeting this morning with the city the trolley does not meet ADA. So how are the sick, disabled, and poor supposed to get a benefit from this $200 million investment when they have to change a bus to get there. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker, Marie Huntley, followed by Stan Echelbaum. And I'm also uh, um, the founding president of the Home, by, um, Home Beautiful Park Civic Association. I also wanted to, I'm sorry. I'm actually the founding president of the Home Beautiful Park Civic Association. And I also want to add that our neighbors are very concerned with um, those people of um, color and um, with disabilities who are disproportionately poor and concentrated in the Northwest CRA and the 333110 zip code that will um, bear the brunt, the brunt of these transit trends. We're asking for you to delay the approval of the um, WAVE contract amendments and direct the staff who we're already working with to um, convene with us. We had the meeting at Transportation Day. I also agreed that they'll work with us on gathering um, different locations for meetings with the actual community. That way they can do an equity analysis um, with the input of the um, Northwest community and the community. The, the people of the actual community. Thank you. Next speaker, Stan Echelbaum. Yeah. Stan Eichelbaum. Followed by Jenny Morris, and I just saw the I, I'm sorry. That's okay. And I'm a resident. I'm also president of downtown Fort Lauderdale Civic Association, but I'm not speaking on behalf of the Civic Association because we have not met and taken votes on anything. I'm not here as pro or con the wave. Uh, in career, I was advisory to the city of Portland, so I appreciate the critical role public transportation has on urban success. It's inarguable. That said, 
with all the attempts, positive and negative, across the country, it's not a matter of a streetcar. It's a matter of right transportation executed with proficiency and sensitivity the community needs. Um, because of the anxiety going on within the community, which has been heightening for quite a while, we as a civic association held a meeting, a get the facts meeting on the WAVE, inviting the team of the WAVE, uh, who did a very extensive presentation. Um, but the reality is that has set off even a bigger flurry of communication within the community about the WAVE. My inbox has gone to over 900 emails. And those emails are not from people just in uninformed protests. It's coming from lawyers, land use attorneys, real estate attorneys, environmentalists, engineers, uh, and people from the streets who are concerned about the livability of the circumstance throughout the period. Um, I'm getting articles from across the country, films, uh, featuring public officials talking about the overruns, which of course is germane to what the conversation is today, after the fact overruns. This, from our standpoint, from what I'm hearing from my constituency, is a big concern right now that deserves a stall, a rebooting, a reassessment of the depth of the issue, it appears. There's too many questions. There were many unanswered questions in last, weekend's pres last week's presentation including something about will it run in three inches of water. I think everybody remembers what happened in Fort Lauderdale last week and the fact that one engineer said it has to be pushed out of that water. There are functional issues, there's economic issues, there's sensitivity, and now we have the claims, uh, the issues that have been arisen about the Northwest CRA, which combine with the affordable housing issues we've heard of insensitivity to lately. So we have concerns and we would I think the majority of the people inarguably would ask that you stall for a short time and we get more in-depth answers on all of these issues. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Jenny Morajon, followed by John Millich, followed by John Bordeaux. Thank you, Madam Chair, members of the County Commission. Jenny Morajon, Executive Director for the Fort Lauderdale DDA. We are at the finish line. We are so happy. We know that this took a very big and dedicated partnership, and now we are here. We'll, we will realize construction of this project by the end of the year. This is a huge milestone for our community, our county, the investment by the state and federal government far outweighs the local commitment here, and for a donor community to see that kind of investment in transportation infrastructure, we are really pleased to see this project come through. Um, this also supports thousands of jobs for the long run, over $400 million of local economic input over the life of this project. We've realized already the real estate development that's helping to begin to pay for this project itself in the greater downtown area. This project's designed with the most up-to-date, reliable, and modern technology available, and will certainly evolve as that changes. And most importantly, it's fully funded, and it is the start and catalyst of this regional system. So we're very pleased to see this move forward. We recognize that a first-generation project of this scale will have some community concerns over the life of the planning, the well-deeply vetted analytical planning of this project. We have been to more than 100 community meetings as a joint partnership, 
and we have been addressing many of these comments and concerns, and we know this will be changed, but we really truly believe that all of the benefits as a result of this project are really the start of something great for our community. So again, we're here to thank you for your support, your continued commitment on the WAVE project, and if there's any questions, I'd be happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, the time is now 1233. I need a motion to extend for 10 minutes. So moved. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that we're extending for 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. Mr. Millage. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. John Millage, General Counsel for the Downtown Development Authority. This project has been ongoing for well over 10 years. It may be closer to 15. This project has been through a series of rigorous federal studies that say uh, this is a great project. Um, modern streetcar projects that have started in the last several years have been um, great, uh, hugely successful in terms of their ridership, actually well outperforming the modeling. The modeling uh, do doesn't really capture uh, the additional riders that want to uh, um, ride rail, and so those, those new systems that have come online have outperformed. Um, there's been hundreds of public outreach meetings uh, uh, by the to the community by the partners. Chris Wren, I know, probably attended up to 300 meetings multiple times with the HOAs over, over the years for outreach. As Jenny mentioned, the project is fully funded. There's no more money that's needed from the federal government. Actually, the last $11 million was in the omnibus bill that Donald Trump signed. There is some rumors about how the administration is not going to support it. Well, the Trump administration supported the omnibus bill. The FTA also authorized that money to be um, appropriated uh, and spent uh, and directed uh, Atlanta to go ahead and move forward with that. So the, the project's uh, going to happen. Um, and as far as the economic impacts, we've, we've done a study, and we believe over $3 billion of downtown economic impact has occurred because of this wave. The reason we know this is developers talk to our folks in the community and also the planning department in terms of what they say motivates them to develop here. So it's already paying for itself. Um, you know, as far as transportation, the bottom line is we're not going to uh, widen our roads anymore. Uh, and so what this project does is leverage federal and state money, uh, you know, to bring this is the start of a regional uh, rail system in Broward County, and you've got to start somewhere. As to the issue of Cistrunk Boulevard and Broward Boulevard, what I'd say to you is, as you know, one half of the penny tax in 16 did not pass. So the port and airport uh, extensions are slowed down. I think there's an opportunity to match up and look at Broward Boulevard to see whether that can be matched in with the port and the airport. I think uh, the state would be willing to consider that because of the ridership. So I think there's some opportunities to get what these folks are saying. But in terms of slowing down the project now, we've got project agreements, and what you have in front of you are really routine agreements that need to be executed for us to get going because the bids uh, will be awarded in September. We want to go forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. And the last speaker, John Bordeaux. Good morning or good afternoon. Uh, really, there's not enough time for me to discuss what I think and several other people think uh, are all the reasons why this project is wrong. Hopefully, over the last few weeks, you've had an opportunity to review many of the uh, emails and, and attachments that came with those emails as to why this project is not right. I just have a couple of questions. It's my understanding that starting in, in 2021, the county will be responsible for all operational cost overruns, and the DDA will be responsible for all project overruns. So my questions are, has the county and the DDA confirmed this financial responsibility? And two, does the county and the DDA have a source 
of these cost overruns and funds? And if so, what is that source? That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes our audience participation on item number 73. Back to this dais. Um, I have a queue going. I have Commissioner Ryan followed by Commissioner Holness. So we've heard that um, this project has been under uh, consideration and development over the last 10 years. It's really accelerated in the past uh, three to four years. Uh, the federal government has um, committed $82 million to this project, which is slightly less than one-half of the capital cost. Um, I've heard the uh, criticisms that this is um, just a 2.8-mile uh, rail system, uh, a system that's only a circulator that will go nowhere. Um, right now, we're going nowhere because we have no rail system whatsoever in Broward County. Um, if you speak to people outside of the South Florida area, the criticism over and over and over is that we have a deficient transportation system, that we have a very weak mass transit system. Uh, this is the beginning of growing a light rail system in Broward County, and it perfectly positions us to deliver light rail from downtown Fort Lauderdale to the airport and then over to the convention center, to the seaport. Uh, this is the important initial phase of growing light rail throughout this county. Uh, and, and it's the future. Uh, we're not going to have any subways, and we're not going to have these uh, elevated rail systems. They're so prohibitively expensive. Uh, it's time for us now to go forward with basically the uh, amended agreements, agreements that we have considered over the past several years and time and time again have approved. Uh, it would be a terrible, terrible sign for us to delay this. It would jeopardize uh, a significant amount of federal funding that we will not get back and uh, we'll be years behind. So I urge you, commissioners, to vote affirmatively on item 73. Commissioner Holness. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple of questions, uh, if I may, and I think many of you know the stance but let me just lay something out for some of the commissioners that uh, are recent uh, to this DS. Uh, there's a piece of this that is new. The original portion didn't have what's called the Northern Loop. The Northern Loop was forced on us, the county commission, uh, without a process that we were engaged in. In fact, we objected to it. And it still passed the MPO. And, and got adapted and put in place. And, and if I may, uh, County Administrator, uh, speak to that by uh, addressing a question to uh, or uh, Director of Transportation on, on that process. Uh, Mr. Walton. Mr. Walton, you were here when that Northern Loop was added in. Uh, and, and we had objections because we would be responsible for the operations and maintenance of that portion. Uh, one, was there any attempt by the City of Fort Lauderdale or the Downtown Development Authority to help fund those additional costs that the county would face as a result of the, the, the loop? And were we uh, a party to saying yes to this? Actually, at that point in the process, the uh, 
the project was being headed by the SFRTA. And it was agreed with the SFRTA and the city of Fort Lauderdale that the Northern Loop would be added to the project without the knowledge of the county. And it was brought um, for this body, I guess, about two years or so ago. Okay. So no, we were not a party to that. So, so we didn't agree to it, but we're now stuck with the cost of funding it when the operation and maintenance of that portion. Well, yeah, the county will be, when the project is completed, the owner and operator, and we will be responsible for all the operational costs. Thank you. So that is the biggest issue that I have with this project. And, and, and let me go further. Uh, $7.5 million is being removed from the funds for the Northwest CRA, funds that should go towards that community, which is the Cistron Carter, to help enhance the lives of the people in that community. It's not going there. That's seven and a half million dollars that's being robbed from that community. And it's being placed east of the railroad tracks. It doesn't cross the tracks. This thing does not. That's wrong. Very wrong. It's totally unfair to all those people in that Northwest community that has for 20-something years paid into the ECRA funds. And now for those funds to be robbed from them where it's not going to be utilized for their benefits. And even to make it worse, there's no provision to allow for a system to even connect in a direct way from within that community to, to, this, to, to this system. So the idea that it's been vetted and, 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 and uh, rigorous studies, uh, may I ask... Three. Um, Ms. Morjon, and I know you haven't been here all that long. Commissioner, on this, we're going to we're going to have to um, conclude, the, um, put this eyeball on the table, and come back after lunch because we're extend we're past our extension time can, now. Can, can we extend so, for another? Can we extend well, for another well, ten minutes? Can because you let me run the meeting for a second? Can uh, we have consensus generally to go ahead and, and and move forward with this item? So if you guys can shorten your comments and go ahead and put a motion on the, on the well, floor. I, let me, if, I, if I'm allowed to finish my statement, yes, and I think it's only fair that each of us get a chance to. Uh, motion to extend another 10, 15 minutes. Second. Okay. I'm not doing a half hour. I'm gonna go to lunch. I, no, I think you guys need to really stop. If you're going to go to lunch and come back, then go to lunch and come back. But either shorten the comments so we can move on well, and get out of here. It, it, uh, it's not. So we go to lunch. Okay, so let's go to lunch. All right. So we're going to lay this item on the table. Yes, what? What now? We don't need to lay that table. We're just going to go into recess. We'll stay here. Okay, so you know what we'll do? Go ahead and extend. Give me a motion to extend. Give me extend. Uh, a motion to extend I'm, by five. I move to extend ten minutes. Ten minutes? Ten minutes. F five minutes? No, I think ten minutes is enough. You're going to have a motion to extend for ten minutes. If you can't conclude this item in ten minutes, we'll go to lunch and come back. Okay? Commissioner Holness, continue. Uh, as to the study of the Northern Loop, Ms. Morjan, we need to vote on was the there a study then. done on that yeah. portion? 
Again, I'll clarify that uh, I am somewhat new, but it is my understanding that at the time the loop was being analyzed, the project consultants for the project did look at the operational costs for the loop. Um, it is effectively the same amount of track, so the capital cost was uh, acknowledged, but no additional operating costs were identified uh, for that loop extension was, is my understanding of, of that. Okay, I think... Uh... Yes, go ahead, sir, because that's not the answer. Commissioner probably didn't want me to. Um, both Third and Andrews were part of the alternatives analysis because when this project, um, you know, was, um, was studied, no one knew north-south where it would go. So this loop is Third and Andrews. So both of those quarters were studied. The project consultant then followed up and did an analysis of the loop itself. As Ms. Moore, John uh, mentioned, it's the same amount of track. It's just kind of rolled around. Um, there was a difference of opinion on the operational cost. Um, I think the consultant uh, disagreed with the county that it was additional, but we respect where the staff is coming from. But there was a difference of opinion that it was going to be more money. So, so then the consultant is, is saying that if we add additional uh, distance and time and travel, it's, it's not no a, additional operating cost? It's not additional because... The, the original design, the, basically what happens is if you don't have a loop and it comes back, it would have proceeded north of Sistrunk and it had been a spur track. And then it goes up for a distance. Then they got to turn the car around and then bring it back around. So that's the way so, it was designed. So, this so, way it just turns and comes back around. So the additional time that it takes to operate the system has no cost? It's not my opinion. I didn't. I didn't. It's, well, I, I mean, at least you're a logical person, and that's why you have to uh, clear the air that it's not your opinion. It's not and my opinion. Whoever comes up with an opinion that when you add distance and time to a system, that there is no additional cost, it's not logical. If uh, okay. Well, let me let me say that, Mr. Feldman, in this very chamber, uh, in response to my question, it says that we did not do a study for the ridership. And he told me they were doing a study of whether or not it could go along Sistrunk Boulevard, 300,000. This is two plus years ago. I still haven't had any responses. And, and I'm wondering if a county administrator heard anything on that study that was supposed to be done. I, I have not. Okay. So there's, there's a big issue here in terms of what's just, what's right. It's about fairness. It's about equity, and this, this is not allowing for that for those folks in the Northwest community who are ending up paying $7.5 million of money that should go into that community to help with its economic development and create jobs and alleviate the plight of those uh, folks that are there that have been paid in, paying into this system. It does provide economic impact, Ms. Morgan, but it doesn't reach the place that's paying for it. That is so wrong. I cannot support this at all. No way, no how. Uh, unless you come back with some provision that address the issue and the concern of these folks. And, and ladies and gentlemen here on the dais, I, I gave you a, an email that was sent to us from uh, Ms. Uh, Huntley uh, that details some of these issues uh, even more so uh, than what I have covered here in terms of the, the total injustice that's being done to the people of the Northwest community. And, and, and I cannot vote for this at all. Not that... It's not a good idea to have this, but I cannot support this going forward when the people are not getting justice in their community and they're paying for something out of their own taxes that they're not benefiting from. 
Thank you. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I will shorten my remarks, uh, but still have some. The, uh, I have a, a lot of concerns about this uh, project because of the technology. Mm -hmm. We keep talking trolley. It's now a train or light rail, which is, doesn't look, I think, like what most people think it's going to look like. I am concerned that we're spending a lot of money on something that I think could be addressed better and much, much cheaper through uh, basically shuttle buses. Uh, you know, I keep going back to the Century Village shuttle, which has a lot of brass and people will like taking that. However, I have a concern and I want to address the county administrator with one question. Um, even though I have a lot of these concerns, I am concerned that we are already pregnant on this issue. Uh, I am concerned that we may have gone so far that if we uh, pull back now that we would have problems with our credibility with both the state and federal government. So even if I have concerns, I may want to support this anyhow. Can you address how far along are we and what would be the repercussions if we don't support this now? Um, as um, uh, Commissioner Ryan indicated, this is we've been um, looking at this issue for quite some time. We have made a number of uh, a, a commitments and attestations to the federal government, state government, uh, local government, and and I do understand the issues and concerns that have been raised here, and and we have. We've spoken quite a bit about those issues, but we're now at the, the, the point where um, there's been significant investment that will ultimately have to be paid by someone um, if we decide not to do um, this project. And again, um, as many of you have indicated, um, the uh, significant portion of this money uh, to support this, pro um, this project comes from the federal and state government. Um, the local commitment um, is needed, it's necessary. This commission on a number of occasions voted for it, affirmed that they would continue to move forward. Um, I do think that there will be some consequences, although at this point I can't tell you uh, at this point what those all would be. But we are, we are down the road on this project. Okay. Commissioner Rich. Thank you, uh, Madam Mayor. Um, well, um, again, um, coming in uh, kind of after the fact, but I have serious uh, issues with this. Um, you know, uh, someone came, came up and I, I think said that this was the latest technology. Everything I've read it says this is not the latest technology available for mass transit. Um, streetcar is an interesting it makes me think of streetcar named desire, and I feel like this is about that age. Uh, it's problematic, um, and many cities are finding that out. I have tons of articles here. Uh, this uh, this kind of technology that we're using, it's not durable, it's not long-term, it's not great public uh, transit. Um, we uh, uh, This will not solve our traffic problems, if anybody is thinking that. Uh, the WAVE does not provide that kind of relief. And uh, it may actually contribute because it's using the same roads that you know our cars use. Um, Florida Power and Light agreed to relocation of utilities, uh, but they may come back to us uh, in a conversation I had yesterday. If the state changes the state law, they might come back to us, and we, we might be responsible for relocation. Um, 
And I think the, the thing that really bothers me the most is what the, is, is the money that is going to come out of our budget to pay for this. And if anybody thinks it's not going to be significant, you can see the articles. It's already upwards of $6 million a year uh, for operation and maintenance. And I assure you that's low and will continue to go, to go up. Uh, if anyone says, and I've heard people say, oh, well, we're not going to have cost overruns. There's no such thing in a project like this. There'll be tremendous cost overruns. It'll just be a question of how much we end up having to pay for it. And to me, this comes out of, uh, someone asked the question, where does the money come out of? It doesn't come out of our ad valorem taxes, I don't believe. Is that correct? It, uh, it does. It comes out of ad valorem? The, the, I, I thought you the, said it came out of sales tax when we met the other day. The, um, there are two sources of funding that support transportation, um, the subsidy that we have, and it comes from our, our general fund, which right. is sales, sales tax and uh, property taxes are the two largest um, funding sources. Okay. okay. So we're all paying for this, uh, for this uh, little jaunt down 2.8 miles. And uh, we, have caught, we have needs in this community, and uh, Commissioner Holness talked about some of them, the $7.5 million that probably should have gone for affordable housing in the area uh, that that CRA covers. We have, because uh, I've asked for a list of needs in this community for our budget meeting, we have $10.2 million that would, would be needed to clear away our, uh, our waiting list for community care for the elderly. Uh, again, we are 67th of 67 counties in affordable housing, work, workforce affordable housing needs. Um, and uh, the small, tiny amounts that are going to be shown to us to increase human services pale when we look at the amount of money that we are going to be on the hook for, and it's going to just increase year after year after year. So we just better get ready for it if this is what uh, is, you know, if we're going to, you know, decide that we're going to do this. Uh, I just feel like it's a black hole and we're, we're going right down it. So uh, I, I'm not going to be able to support this. Okay, thank you. All right, so can I have a motion on item number 73? I move 73? item 73. Okay, do I have a second? Second. All those in favor of item 73, signify by raising your hand and saying aye. 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 All opposed? One, two, three. Okay, so that passes on a six to three. All right, thank you. And thank you all for coming out to participate. Item number 74 is a motion to appoint a new Broward County attorney effective October the 1st, 2017 and direct presenta presentation of a formal contract for consideration by the Board of County Commissioners prior to that date. Um, I have one speaker signed up on this item, which is uh, Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand, could you please come to the podium? You wanna go in queue? Okay. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> You're going to appoint a new county attorney, and um, that raises oh, concerns with me, and I've been concerned for many years uh, with my uh, issues with the county and uh, legal issues. Okay. And I have lots of documentation, of course. Uh, okay. Laurie Parrish writing to then-attorney Ed Dion, you know, you review this matter and advise how I should respond and what Mr. Rand should do. And 31 days later, he replied, due to the complexity, Ed Labrador's uh, working on the response. Well, we know what the response is. It wasn't that complicated. Violation of 19.66 Part E, unlawful to file a sexual, false sexual harassment against me. Part D protects me from retaliation for filing a lawful complaint or investigation, none of which you followed. 
and also violation of Code of Ordinances 26.6.6, model left of Florida Statute 112.3187, Section 9, that there would be an impartial panel, none of which has happened today yet. So either there's a disconnect between your lawyer pointing out the law to you or you following it, whichever. Um, I'm concerned that you tipped your hand and said, well, let's just give it to the next guy, you know. You're either going to, an astute politician would say, we're going to search the known universe and then come up with the usual and customary person and all. Also, the county attorney at the time was paid a $25,000 bonus, and likewise, everybody got bonuses for not following law and policy. And that makes one of us look really foolish. One of us here looks really foolish. And I don't, I don't mind looking foolish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm not running for anything. Does that conclude your remarks, Mr. Rand? Because we're we're out of time now. I know you got to go to lunch. But thank you. With all the sausage. Bye bye. Here. Have have a seat. We'll be almost done. Almost done. Thank you. All right. Okay. So um, back to this day as uh, motion. So that we had talked about this last week. I brought the motion for it based on our discussion last week. Um, Commissioner Geller, you have something you want to say? Yes, Madam Mayor, I have a motion. Um, I move that we appoint Drew Myers as Broward County Attorney, effective October 1, 2017. Okay. I don't see any benefit. Oh, I have a script. I don't see any benefit in because there's additional parts to that motion. Isn't that subject to a negotiated contract? That's part of the motion, if you All let right. me finish it. Okay. Um, the, um, uh, I move that we appoint Drew to the position today, effective as of October 1st. I look forward to being presented with a formal contract for the board's consideration after our summer recess with any necessary negotiations to be conducted by the county auditor, which I've been informed is the correct process. I second the motion. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. We still have discussion on the floor. I have Commissioner Lamarca in queue. I have a lot of nice stuff to say about him if you Thank have time. You. Thank you. Um, oh. Okay. Having, having, having missed last week's uh, meeting and being at the County Leadership Institute in D.C., I did hear this was discussed. Um, I, I want to weigh in on my support and also point out that uh, since I've been here, actually when I sat in Commissioner Udine's seat, Drew was the interim uh, for the previous Tijoni, uh County Attorney and did an admirable job. There, there's something that look, Drew's not my attorney. He's not any of the other commissioners up here uh, he's the county attorney but uh, there are some there are quite a few things as as is Ms. Coffey but uh, in, in the role of whether it's ethics or opinions on whether we can look at uh, work do projects whatever it might be in our daily our, our other lives uh, Drew is one of those people that uh, I've certainly requested a lot of opinions from on, on issues like that uh, I'm, I'm supportive of the issue uh, the the opportunity for him um, I think Ms. Coffey's done a fantastic job, but I actually made the suggestion when we, were, when we had a group of, of other attorneys back in 2011. Uh, I have, he has my full support, and uh, I think it's the right thing to do, especially with the knowledge that he has from this county. Thank you. That concludes the speakers. I had a motion on item number 74. I had a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously, and that concludes this meeting.
Oh, okay. There before we bug out, because I have one quick thing on uh, non-agenda that's not specific to me or my uh, district, but it is a business item that I can't bring it up in any other way. Uh, we discussed. Okay, so hold on a second. Anybody else is going to want non-agenda? Because if so, I can break and we can come back from lunch. It's going to be yes? very quick. Good? You better be okay. fast. Okay. Okay. Ready? We we have a parcel. We 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 dealt with the. Um, no. No. We no, dealt no. with the safe parks and land preservation bond program a while back. Um, we all ended up with roughly fifty-eight, fifty-nine thousand dollars in our for our ability to do something with. Um, I couldn't approach this in any other way, but I'd, I'd like to approach Commissioner Bogan because he represents Pompano Beach, as do I, uh, on the possibility. We have county land at 4801 North Federal Highway, which is uh, water wastewater facilities, is going to do uh, a reuse project there in the, in the somewhat distant future. Um, there is a one-acre piece of that 3.2 acres that I'd like to offer the city of Pompano Beach if Commissioner Bogan would be... Uh, amenable to it to use our two park bond uh, allocations, and then the city would put the other third in to uh, create a dog park in that uh, in that space, about one acre. It's we I think we all end up with fifty eight thousand dollars from the two thousand safe parks. It's about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. The city would would do the remaining little over a third, and they would also operate, maintain, and open it and close it, and that type of thing. No. We can't. That's no. why I'm. No. That's why I'm bringing it. No, no, no. I mean, it's not, we're not voting on it, are we? We no, ultimately no, no. would. Yes. You have to vote that's why on I'm it. here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. I, I okay, think that so, means you don't so, yet have his commitment. So, so it, doesn't, can we do it doesn't matter why his commitment. It's the only wait, place wait, I can discuss wait, it wait. with him. Okay. So can you bring an item back after the break for that? Can you just put an item on the agenda so that we can discuss that? Because right now, I can. Okay, thank you. I can. So on the ne on the next meeting in August, you will have an item for us, right? Okay. I would love to. Thank you. Less than one minute. Madam Mayor, Madam Mayor, can, yes. Can I just say one quick thing? I just want to say that I I, I I want to pretend that everyone here is part of your cabinet, and to tell you what an amazing mayor you are. And what a fabulous job that you are doing. I am so proud to be on this day. We're over time. Thank you so much. Um, Third, the, less, than, less than one minute. Uh, the, my, minute, my minute is gone. Less She's than a minute. The best. Less than one Less, less than okay. one minute. Commissioner Holness, yes, please. Less than one minute. We, we didn't get Jesus to comment today on, on the award given to a county administrator. And I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. You're simply the best. Okay. And now many more people know. Also, in January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. It was not <laughs> until about two years later that most of the slaves in the country knew in June, mid-June, so there's a Juneteenth celebration that we're having at the African American Research Library this Friday at 5.30 to 9, where we will celebrate the perseverance and the liberation of those who were enslaved in this country and also work towards a plan, okay. an action plan to move all right. our community forward, all thank of our you. communities. Thank you. Um, thank you. Commissioner Geller. I'm th okay, this meeting's adjourned. This meeting's adjourned.